Bye. The Common Man and T-Bone podcast is brought to you by Care Heating and Cooling. Cold or sweaty is no way to go through life. Call my guys at Care Heating and Cooling for all your heating and cooling needs. Call 1-800-COOLING when you need a company you can trust. And stay tuned after the podcast for special bonus content from past shows. Uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I, with the, no, no, I'm, and, and, and what I, what I was, and I don't know, but I, I. Bye. Welcome to the home of stupid. That's right. You're now listening to Common Man and T-Bone. When you talk as an old British lady, you suddenly remember everything. British lady goes like, oh, yes, darling, in 1817, what are, what are the we symphony doing now? was what? composed by Beethoven. You stealing no, my I gimmick just, now? I'm just saying that's what happens is you suddenly remember everything. I was watching the Manning cast last night with <laughs> Philip Rivers. How did that yeah, go? Yeah, how you doing, Queen? I'm great, Philip. Let's have a schizophrenic conversation together. Featuring Panama Ted, imported from Panama. Thank you, Ted. You suck. Rihanna Ray on traffic. Five minute delay. And a bunch of internet sounds that make no sense. To reach around the guy. <laughs> you gotta squat and be ready. <laughs> Balls on his chest. Strap in and strap it on. This is Man and Bone. <laughs> Happy Tuesday. Welcome in. Hello, Bone. Hello, man. Oh, we have a big program today. All the news and notes you need as we go inside the NFL coming up at 348. Rapid fire. Rapid fire. In the 4 o'clock hour. Game show in the 5 o'clock hour. What's the game this week, Bone? Well, Mike, we're going to do turkey trivia because don't know if you've heard, Thanksgiving is on the way and people eat turkey on Thanksgiving. So that's Peter Gammons. I don't know why you played that. Stop playing Peter Gammons when I'm talking about turkeys. I don't know what that is. Oh, well, I'm not making it. We're going to oh, okay. my parents who are getting the turkey. I'm making, making it. You know, this turkey. is actually the first year that I'm making the full bird. Really? Ever? I don't I don't always do Thanksgiving, but when I do, I normally just make a big breast. You but mean, I said You mean you don't always host Thanksgiving. I see. Yeah, I don't always host Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah, that's gotcha. right. But this year I'm making the full bird. Mm, that's a it's that's an sitting, ordeal. It's sitting in the fridge. Samantha has named it Fred. Well, so we'll be eating Fred. Does she have a problem naming something no, and then eating it she later? Doesn't care. Okay, but as long as she doesn't care, that's fine. Let her live. My whole thing on Thanksgiving is to get her to chew. Oh, that's my big problem just, with her. Not I don't want this. It's I want this so much <laughs> I will not chew and die because I will <laughs> choke on it. Yeah, that's a that's a definite thing you've got to watch out for if the kids like to eat. I know that trying to prepare a turkey is. There's a lot of terminology that goes into it that we don't use really any other time. Well, there's there's also like 18 million different methods, mm-hmm. and everybody swears by each one of them. There's injecting, there's, you know... Well, you got rubbing. dry brining, you got wet brine, yep. then it's the way you cook it, do you baste it, do you flip it midway through cooking, do you start the oven at one temperature and take it down to another temperature, and then of course we're not even getting to smoking or deep frying or whatever the hell else people do. Yeah. And if you're going to smoke it, you got to spatchcock it. That's a thing. You got to cock it. You can spatchcock. Yeah. You, you cut the uh, spine out of it and then you lay it out. You kind of like, it's almost like butterflying it, except it's spatchcocking. That's what I'm told it's called. That's what I'm going to call it. So I have the method that I'm going with. What are you doing? It's from like America's Test Kitchen. I, I'm essentially heating up the pan, making it super hot. Okay. Then I'm at like 500 degrees, the roasting pan. Yeah. Then I'm putting the bird in. The bird will sizzle immediately. Yeah. Because it's hitting this hot pan. 
No rack, nothing. Straight gotcha. up against the surface of the steel. That goes in for like at 450 for 45 minutes. Then you cut it down to 325 till it's done. And you're rubbing like melted butter and seasonings on it too. I'm also doing a dry brine. On oh, the bird. okay. So, that, so there so is I'll be a, salting a brine. 24 hours in advance, leaving okay. it uncovered in the refrigerator. Yeah. I've never tried this clearly because it's my first crack at a whole bird. I'm hoping it's good. It's got to be better than what I had when I was a kid. Because we would go over by Uncle Nicky's house, who, by the way, is still alive, closing in on 100. Let him He's live. a huge Notre Dame fan. But they would, like, if, if the suggested temperature doneness of a breast is, what, 160, 165? Yeah. They would cook it to 300. They would cook what? it to 300. Well, you know why a it lot of dust. A lot of people get that wrong with turkeys because it comes with the little thermometer Don't inside. Don't use that thing. No. Throw that out because I, I read somewhere that thing's rated to go off at like 185 degrees. That's when it pops out. Well, turkey, again, don't take my word for it. Look this all up before you cook a bird. But it's supposed to be poultry around 165, 170. But when they first invented that stuff, they were very nervous about things. And I understand sure. why, because you actually had people die of you know food that wasn't cooked the right way. For the most part, we, and by we I mean they, have bred all of the bad parts out of the meat, mm. right? Well, like and my, also, my it, mother likes meat steak cooked like a shoe. Yeah, but that's not necessary anymore. If you get you know good cut of meat from like any regular no, grocery I know store, that. it's psychological with her now. Yeah. Well, there's the other part too, where I'm sure those giant companies with you know Butterball was like, hey, we got a little turkey thermometer. Like, should we put it at 165? They're like, what if it's off by a few degrees? It is just a little tiny piece of Let's plastic put it with it a spring in it. Like, all right, just set it at 185 to make sure we're good. The other thing, when I was a kid, I could never eat the stuffing because Uncle Nicky would put liver in it every oh, single year. Yeah. And I hate liver. Yeah, stuffing, I think, is definitely. You, you can go the traditional, just easy breezy stovetop route. That's fine. I like it when people bring it up a notch. You know, add a little zest, add Do some not crap on stovetop. No, I love I'm stove not. Top. I'm saying that's perfectly fine. But also, if you do at our house, we usually do two. The, there will be a stove. Well, my Must be nice. Usually, my parents, if they're cooking the meal, they will do a stovetop, plain old stuffing to have it for the baseline. Then Dad makes like a sausage and sage stuffing with extra goodness in it, so mm -hmm. you can have. And of course, I eat both, copious amounts. Have you ever heard our buddy Matt Hayes talk about his Thanksgiving feast? That his uh, mom makes. I, I remember this, yes, a few years ago. That he, he says he's going down there tomorrow. They live in uh, Cincinnati area. And the amount of food that this woman makes. It's and she, she says she likes to make it. Well, but I, 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 said to, so. I said to Maddie yesterday, I said, what's mom making for Thanksgiving? Because the spread is so impressive. I forgot everything he said, but it's crab cakes and, you know, things that you would normally think of as a main course on its own oh that's just part in, of the in meal a, right it's part of the meal in addition to all the turkey and stuffing and all that it's crab cakes and it's you know not just mac and cheese she's got buffalo mac and cheese oh, and all that. different that's varieties great. i think it was something like 13 different dishes for four people that are going to be there see i i said this spoiler alert tomorrow there will be an episode of nerd association the podcast that is all about nerd stuff with daniel and chops you should go listen to that but you were on this podcast. I was on this podcast. We were talking about food and Thanksgiving foods, and there's a lot more of that discussion. But 
one thing that came up was I said, I would love if we ever get teleportation. I would want it on Thanksgiving to where people would open up their house and say, we're open. If you want to teleport in, come on in and get a plate. And I would teleport to like seven, like I would go up to the like New England area. I'm sure they've got some local dishes done by families for generations that I've I've never even tried, like oyster stuffing. Never had that. I know that's a thing. It is a I thing. bet that's probably really good. I've had it. It's very good. I bet it's good done, you know, a place where they regularly are eating oysters, right? So I'd go there. I'd go to the south and get a meal, a plate from somewhere down there because they do Maybe the sweet some potato deep, thing. Deep fried turkey down there? Yeah, deep fried or some sweet potato stuff. I know they're kind of the, that's their My mother-in-law makes the sweet potato casserole. Yeah. With the brown sugar and the pecans on top, which is essentially a dessert oh, while yes, you're eating it. Yes, absolutely. It's delicious. Yeah, but I'm saying I would just, I, and rather than having my own Thanksgiving, I would just travel to seven different families and say, give me a plate of what you're doing. I'll just take a little of each because I want to try all these things I'd never get to try other than what my family usually does. I know it's not fashionable now because we all have to have modern twists on everything and, you know, all canned food. It sucks. But for me, recipes from the 50s and 60s are awesome. I, oh, yeah. I, I, I love green bean casserole and what you're saying is the recipes when doctors were like oh yeah you can smoke when you're pregnant it's fine that's fine they were like oh put like two sticks of butter in this dish go right ahead who cares green bean casserole to me i don't want your upscale version yep i want the canned green beans i want the you know cream of mushroom soup the campbell's cream of mushroom soup with the french fried things on top that's what i want yeah Totally understood. That's that. Yes, the things that come out of a box sometimes, or out of you know a couple canned goods thrown in there. There's nothing wrong with that. You know what I'm I'm making uh, in advance of the meal on Thursday. What's that for a little appetizer? Because the theme is if it was good in the fifties, it's good today. Okay. So mom is bringing some deviled eggs, sure, which I love, and I'm making some homemade checks mix as well. Oh, there you go. I didn't even realize that was a thing until uh, Timmy Hall a few years ago came in and said he made checks mix, and I was like. Oh, it's delicious. It's like, what do you, you just eat Chex Mix. And he's like, no, dummy, you can make well, Chex you, Mix. You can just eat it. I was it, like, but, but you don't, what do you mean you make before it? Before they prepackaged it, you had to make it. <laughs> I didn't realize this. I just thought it you was thought always, it was always a I thought it was introduced as Chex Mix. Yeah, I thought it was always introduced as Chex Mix. It blew my mind with that. Should we start the show? I don't say, know what the I'd hell say, this is. I'd say we're fully in now. No. Yeah, let's go uh, ahead. Buckeye Hoops, big victory against Seton Hall last night. This was the first, I'm sure, of many where I get the nervous poo watching this game. Buckeyes holding on to a double-digit lead. They were up by, what, 10 with three minutes left to go. Yeah. And then they were just holding on for dear life. Seton Hall tied the game, and then I was surprised that the Holt man had a timeout in his pocket, didn't call it. Yeah. Instead, they ran offense, and by ran offense, I mean gave ball to Michi. Michi shot ball, made ball. <laughs> <laughs> With two seconds left to go, what a huge shot that was. That's, well, we've been talking about the young guys stepping up and, and finding their way. And and by the way, in this game, I wouldn't say that he had his best game ever or, or that he had done everything right in this game, but that was a big spot to show up and make a play. Absolutely. And he was making plays, if you remember, down the stretch in the loss at Xavier. He was also making some big plays and just had one at the rim he couldn't finish, but... That is great to see a young guy stepping up and saying, nine, I know we've got an All-American candidate here in EJ Liddell. I'm going to go get this. I've got it. And and 
it was a shot that as soon as he left his hand, I'm like, what are you? Yes! Like, I'm at first going, no, no, no. It was, no. It was a terrible shot and then, selection. Well, you know. But he made the shot. Well, I was thinking there was one more pass there because there there's was four one seconds more pass left. there. Yeah. And, and it worked out that it went in in a great shot. Holtman, after the game, I saw him interviewed by Jimmy Jackson on the studio crew there. And they said, what were you, you know, thinking there? You had timeouts. What, why didn't you call one? And he said, well, we thought if we set it, we called a timeout, that would give Seton Hall a chance to set their defense. I didn't want them to do that. I wanted them to just be in it. And guys, players win games. And that was, I thought, what? a nice little quote. He said, players Beautiful. win games. I'm not going to, you know, overdo it. Now he probably gets yelled at if they lose this game for not calling that timeout. But he trusted his guys and he was rewarded for that. So, I'll give him credit there. I think that was a pretty cool move. We'll talk more about the game, plus Jackets with a big performance last night. That's coming up next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. Look out for a crash on Fisher Road at Hilliard Rome Road. You also have some slow traffic heading westbound on 70 between Miller Avenue and the 71 East Split. This report is sponsored by Staples Stores. Staples Connect helps your business grow. Now get 20% off signs, banners, or posters when you spend $75 or more. Explore more at your local Staples or staplesconnect.com. Offer ends 1122. Visit staples.com slash services slash printing for details. Staples Connect. I'm Chris Harden for 97.1 The Fan Traffic. Common Man here for Care Heating and Cooling. I'm a big fan of preventative maintenance. Something will eventually go wrong, and if you're not prepared, it is sure to cost you money. That's why I want you to sign up for a care plan. My guys at Care make sure your heater and AC are running in tip-top shape, taking care of maintenance and staying on top of any potential issues. Surprises suck. Be prepared with a care plan. Care Heating and Cooling. Call 1-800-COOLING or book an appointment online at careheatingandcooling.com. When you need a company you can trust. Dare dare to be dumb. The team that is better on paper will win at least 50% of the time. This is Man and Bone. Happy Tuesday. We spent the first 10 minutes talking about food. We did. We spent the last three minutes talking about the Buckeyes. We'll continue with that. Buckeye hoops, a big victory last night against Seton Hall. So now they move on. They will face Florida tomorrow night, 8.30. Catch all the action right here on the fan. You know, oh, well, go ahead if you had. No, what I was what go. I was going to say was, uh, you're welcome to all of you out there. <laughs> you're welcome. I will continue to do it. I will continue to call Justin Arns a piece of trash. So that he goes out and plays like he did last night. You're welcome. What a game he had, man. I was I was as down on him as anyone after the early part of this season, the first few games. And it's not even that. It's that we'd seen a larger sample size where, yes, he has a game like this, and then he doesn't follow it up for three or four or five games. And then I just thought maybe we're really just kind of out on that. Maybe he's just not going to be that guy. But last night, it wasn't just that he was hitting three-pointers, although five of eight from three-point land let him live. It was the fact that he was active on defense. Yeah, playing, he wasn't He wasn't great on defense, 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 but... No, playing some good he was, defense. He was great for him. Good team defense. That's what you need. You don't need everybody to go out there and beat Gary Payton in his prime. Right. You need every, you need right. everyone active, getting in front of passing lanes. And I, I know, Seton Hall scored 76 points. It's not like this was the greatest defensive effort you're ever going to see, but... It was good enough that they did find a way to get a lot of stops and, yes, almost gave the game back at the end. But, yeah, Justin Arns had a really nice game. 
we're, we're burying the lead on the fact that you know EJ Liddell continues to be the motor for this team, and he's he's going to be that every single night though, which is I why well, it's unfair, but that's why we bury the lead. Yeah, because we he know was, what he's going to be. He was great in the first half, ten of ten on his free throws, which is an underrated aspect for him. Like this is this is something you need from your big time players to make their free throws when they get to the line. And the Buckeyes eighty eight percent last night, which is good. Um, another guy we haven't talked much about, but it was it was only I'm surprised he only played ten minutes. But how about Jimmy Soto? Jimmy Soto's had some big minutes in that game last night. Well, he's your guy coming over from. Bucknell. That's Mr. <laughs> I thought you were going to say he's my guy. He's no. got great hair. Well, he's got the man bun rocking too. But I love the hair. Let me tell you something right now. Jimmy Soto's handled the ball last night in a way that looked like a four-year starter at yes. a program. And that's what he was. I mean, he, he played for a long time at Bucknell. He had a good career there. But I've been waiting to kind of see a little bit more of his game. And you saw it. He was able to withstand the pressure, get the ball up the court, made some really nice plays, I thought. Had Holman a was confident in him, too. I mean, he was in there big minutes in the second yes, half. Yes, he was. So I, I fully support that. I'm glad to see that. If if we're going to get that type of play from Arns and Sotos, and then you combine that with Michi starting to assert himself Michi. in big moments. Arns can't do it again. <laughs> Listen to me. You got, you He's listening. Just, Listen to me. You suck. You can't do it again. Okay. All right. Now go do it. <laughs> Bye. And, and uh, this is also kind of, I think, telling last night. Jamari Wheeler, zero points in the game, but it felt like he was involved in quite a bit of the game. Yeah. You know, so this is this is more of what I expected to see out of this Buckeye basketball team. And reminder, basketball, especially college basketball, you are going to have ups and downs. You are going to have games where you feel like, this team could beat anybody in the country. You are going to have games where they can't hit the broad side of a, I don't know, skyscraper, let alone a barn. So you're going to have ups. and This is not now the Buckeyes are back. They're a top 25 team, as we all knew, and they're just going to run over Duke. No, I, I don't have any. I don't know what they're going to do, you know, tomorrow night. Like, there's going to be a lot of ups and downs with this team. I just hope it evens out and gets a lot more consistent by the time we get to Big Ten play. But last night for me was fun. Because it was a really good college basketball game. I know for you, the roller coaster no, it was terrible. You were white knuckling it the whole yes, way. I was. I had the nervous diarrhea. I was pacing around the room. I, I will say this though, because you know, I say this with college football, how I love to watch the, you know, late fall games. Those three thirty kicks. It gets sort of dark out, and it's cold weather climate on natural grass. Right? Yeah. Grass isn't really that green anymore. It's sort of brownish, and you get the chunk of turf in the helmet. To me, that's football. And I know I wasn't watching, you know, two Big Ten teams last night go at it, but I want to see Kyle Young play with cotton balls up his nose every <laughs> single game. <laughs> that's what I want to right. see. That dude, that dude is the ultimate Big Ten basketball player. He is. is he not? Yeah, he I does love fit that. watching him. Yeah. I get nervous every single time he falls to the ground, but I, I love watching him. I know. He, he another solid performance from him as usual. Also, what a weird game, right? You had the the thing happen where the lights go out yeah. like halfway through the game, right when who was it that got hurt? It was the Seton Hall player, right? That like went down right as like he falls down after making a bucket and then the lights go out. And I thought, did they do that on purpose to stop the game? And then it's just like, nope, lights just went out. And they said, oh, yeah, we had problems with this before the start of the game. 
And oh, I thought, good. That's not a great sign. This is on national you also television. Heard someone just going, <laughs> and the Phantom of the Opera just <laughs> swung in. Christine. They just start singing. I'm macking on this 14 year old oh, girl. What a creepy, creepy play. What a creepy play. I think it was the Seton Hall Pirate, honestly. He kind of looks like a little fan of the opera guy. Jacket scores seven goals, beat Buffalo last night. Nice to see Max Domi out there doing things. And Jack Roslevic got his first two goals of the season. Let him live. Very good. Very welcome for this team. And what we've been hoping, right, is that this team would score goals. I know it's not going to be every night. The MO for this team is not going to be 2 1 games, I don't think. I think you are going to see more games where they get out, they score some goals. They almost gave it back a little bit. Well, they're going to have to because they make too many defensive mistakes. Well, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. We we know that. That's Seth Jones leaves, that's going to happen. I'm not I'm not trying to say Seth Jones is the only guy who can play defense, but he was a huge part of what this team did. Well, it's not just him leaving, you're, right? You're, it's you're, David Savard leaves and you have centers up the middle of the ice still some of them learning to play this game. That that's a big part of your defense too, right? Is having guys in the middle of the ice who can kind of set the tone. So, yeah, all of that combined you have great goaltenders. I just think sometimes you're going to see goals go in because you have just a, not as great of a defense as we'd like in front of them. But that's all right. This is a team that's learning, and they're learning how to win by scoring goals. I personally, I prefer that. I know some people would rather see a you know gritty two-one type of game. That's fine. This is entertaining. You buy tickets to go to Nationwide well, to watch yes, this game. I, this is going to be it's it's going to be more that roller coaster. But there's going to be goals happening. There's something is going to be going on in that way. If you're more of an offensive minded fan, you're going to see that more at Nationwide this year, and I love it. I do enjoy a gritty, you know, two-one maybe three-one game with an empty netter. However, yeah, right. you want to guarantee me seven goals a game? I'll sign up for that. <laughs> right. I'll sign up for that. Yeah. Uh, Jackets hosting the Jets tomorrow night. An NFL coach on his way out. We'll tell you who next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. We're seeing slow traffic on northbound 71 between Greenlawn Avenue and I-70. Southbound 71 is slow between 670 and East Broad. Slow traffic as well northbound 71 between 670 and 11th Avenue. This report is sponsored by BP. When you sign up for BP Me Rewards, you can get five cents off of every gallon of gas every time at BP and Amico stations. That means more savings and more, well, whatever you'd like to use your savings on. So go on, treat yourself, download BP Me Rewards, and start saving today. I'm Chris Harden for 97.1 The Fan Traffic. Common Man here for Care Heating and Cooling. I'm a big fan of preventative maintenance. Something will eventually go wrong, and if you're not prepared, it is sure to cost you money. That's why I want you to sign up for a care plan. My guys at Care make sure your heater and AC are running in tip-top shape, taking care of maintenance and staying on top of any potential issues. Surprises suck. Be prepared with a care plan. Care Heating and Cooling. Call 1-800-COOLING or book an appointment online at careheatingandcooling.com when you need a company you can trust. Get in touch with your stupid. If worms had machine guns, then birds wouldn't be scared of them. This is Common Man and T-Bone. It is Rivalry Week on The Fan and 10 TV, getting you ready for the biggest game of the season. We're live and local every day starting at 6 a.m., Rivalry Week is sponsored by your Central Ohio Toyota dealers. Toyota, let's go places. There is a report coming out of Chicago that Bears head coach Matt Nagy will coach his final game 
for the Bears on Thursday against the Lions. He will be fired no matter what. And that the team informed Matt Nagy of this decision. Now, Matt Nagy had media availability today where he denied this. Said he has not talked to ownership at all because of the short week. He didn't have his regular meetings this week because they're getting ready for the Lions on Thursday. So he said that report is not accurate. God, I hope it is. Here's why I don't think it is. I don't think, number one, they would have told him. You know, hey, after Thursday, no matter what happens, you're fired. That just doesn't seem like their style to me. The old lady is still alive and she's still kicking. And we can talk about, you know, the kid, George McCaskey, and who's really in charge. But this is a franchise that has never, in its 101-year history, fired a coach in the middle of the season. It just doesn't seem like their style. Yeah, that's what I, I understand what you're saying. You're right. Maybe they will not fire him until the end of the year. He will be fired. He will that's, be fired. No At the end of the season, it. he will be fired. But yes. maybe there's a reason why it happened. Like, Let's say that that report is true, which if you're not familiar, the person who wrote this report was Mark Conkle, who is not a sports reporter, a reporter but he is a Pulitzer Prize winning reporter. So this this is someone who has... Uh, quite the chops when it comes to journalism and Hi. breaking stories. <laughs> yeah, that type of chops is what I meant. So interesting that that's who got the story. Could it be that because it is such a groundbreaking type of thing, maybe very few people know about it. Maybe Matt Nagy does not want to say that it's him. And maybe one of the people who did leak this is someone who is not part of the usual sports structure there with the bears right maybe maybe they didn't want those people involved because they know well someone's going to talk to one of these reporters what's weird is that if they did tell matt Nagy and this report is true he seems to be going like hard to the rim about saying there's no this is not true Yeah, he says he hasn't talked to anybody you think he'd come out and go well you should Call up the ownership of this team and ask them that question i guess i'm just trying to coach a football game but that's that's my point is you know i think 99% 99% of coaches, if you say, hey, on Friday you're fired, they say, well, then fire me now. Right. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not going out there and putting on this you know, dog and pony show to go beat a winless team if you're going to fire me the day after. I'm not doing that. So if you're going to fire me, fire me now. I'd also like it if this reporter was just like, I'm not into sports, but it'd be good for the city if Matt Nagy's gone. <laughs> so he just wrote this report out of thin air so that now it's out there. And then the expectation for the bears fans is, well, Friday he's getting fired, right? That's, that's what we're getting. We're excited. Please do that. And then the ownership group's like, well, we've never done this, but well, the fans really want it. It is black Friday. Wouldn't that be nice for them? Give them something special as they're assaulting each other at a Walmart. Well, yes, but I guess if I'm Matt Nagy, I, you know, I'm, I'm sticking up for Matt Nagy here, even though I think he should be fired and I hate him. If that's truly what was said to him, there's nothing you can do on Thursday to save your job. Well, then why am I here? Well, right. Fire I, me I, now. I'm saying it's he has a weird reaction then, unless they've said, but which, they can't do this. I was going to say, oh, you want your full payout of your contract, then you have, but no, you, just, no, you can't do you that. You can do that either way. It doesn't matter. So yes. I don't know I don't know what his motivation would be to not go out there and just moon the reporters who have been ripping him to shreds for the entire last two years and say, yeah, 
I am coaching my last game. Screw this organization. I hate everybody here. I will never come back to Chicago. You all suck. And uh, we're going to coach one more game, and then that's it. Like, I don't know why he wouldn't just take the opportunity instead of saying, no, these are all lies. How dare you? This didn't happen. Shockingly, other reporters are jumping on this, saying that Matt Nagy has lost the locker room and that most of the players also want him fired. I don't know why that's breaking news. Did that have to be reported? No, I I don't think it did, but it was. Speaking of things I don't understand, you and I talked about this briefly during the break yesterday when this news came down. The Saints have agreed to a new deal with Taysom Hill. And I don't understand anything. Look, I'm not necessarily like you, where I think he's the worst player in the world. I don't think he's the worst player in the world. You hate him. No, no, hang on. But here's what I... No, I'll give you a chance in a second. Here's what I don't get. This dude is 31 years old. They, it's $22.5 million in guarantees. If he becomes the starting quarterback, it rockets up to $95 million in guarantees. But let's just focus on the $22.5 million in guarantees. What are you paying for at this point? I don't right? know. He's not really making an impact running the football. He's not really making an impact catching the football. Yes, he still occasionally plays on special teams, and he is a quarterback, but he's your third-string quarterback behind Trevor Simeon. Yeah, Not Trevor Simeon. What the hell's his name? Is it Trevor Simeon? I thought so. I'm thinking of Blue Jays infielder Marcus Simeon. That's why I was was confusing myself. As far as I know, is still there. Yes, it is Trevor Simeon, but he doesn't really do any of those things well. He's in his 30s. I don't know what you're expecting. If he's not your starting quarterback now, he's never going to be your starting quarterback. Uh, he has played in seven games this year. He has 20 carries for 104 yards, three touchdowns on oh, the 20 okay. carries. That's Fine. nice. And uh, he has a whopping four receptions for 52 yards. All right. I mean, I does he have naked pictures of Sean Payton? I understand they really like what he brings to the table as far as apparently leadership and locker room stuff and all that, I guess, is what I've heard yeah, from but this, him. This but is the same team a year ago that said, oh, we don't have any money. We don't have any cap room. Sorry. Yeah, Hold that doesn't make any sense. Here's you know, $25 million guaranteed for a special teams player right. and a third-string quarterback. I would like to remind everybody that his – I mean, last year he finally got some attempts – you know, when we start, I, I was railing on this last offseason and saying Taysom Hill cannot be your starting quarterback because that does not make any sense. And he cannot be your plan for Drew Brees when he retires. And my logic for that at the time was he had six completions going into 2020. Now, last year he played much more. You know, he had many more opportunities and he was three and one as a starter for whatever that's worth. He threw four giant touchdowns for the Saints team to two picks, by the way, uh, and and had a grand total as far as yardage of 928 yards. This is the guy you're now saying if he becomes a starter. Yeah, if that that's yeah, if I become the governor of the state, this radio station is going to give me an extra. Yeah, I don't know. Quarter of a million dollars. That's not going to happen. Like, I'm not going to be the governor, and this guy is not going to be your starting quarterback. If he is, then you have no plan. Would you make sports gambling legal? In a second. I would walk right in there, and I'd say, where? I'm writing a bill. (laughs) I would just write, it's legal on a, like, Caesars receipt, and then just put that up on, say, take a picture of that for the newspaper. That's the law now. It's legal. 
All the news and notes you need as we go inside the NFL coming up next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. Several freeway slowdowns across the area. You have eastbound 70 slow between the 71 west split and US 23. Slow traffic northbound 71 between 70 and east broad. And you have slow traffic on 670 westbound between 71 and 3rd Street. This report is sponsored by Mucinex 12 Hour. When you have a cough and congestion, you need medicine that's effective and long-lasting. Mucinex DMs. Blair tablet allows for immediate and extended release, relieving both wet and dry coughs and loosening chest congestion for 12 hours long. Grab Mucinex DM, available at Walgreens. I'm Chris Harden for 97.1 The Fan Traffic. Oh, hello! I was talking to my annoying friend, Duchess Kumquat. She was retelling a very dramatic story about how her and Lord Beaverqueef were stuck sleeping in a very hot room because their janky air conditioning unit took a crapola. They were so hot and sweaty, it took them out of the mood for getting hot and sweaty. Don't be like Kumquat and Beaverqueef. Call my friends at Care Heating and Cooling. Care Heating and Cooling. Call 1-800-COOLING or book an appointment online at careheatingandcooling.com when you need a company Beaverqueef can trust. Just a couple of guys touching rim and sucking on breath mints. Uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I, with the, no, no. This is Man and Bone. Wherever you get your audio, go there now. Search Common Man and T-Bone. You will see our cartoon faces pop up. And if you haven't done so already, click subscribe. Every single show comes right to your device. And it's free. Free? Not, not kind of free. Free. How about that? Free. Now, you pay with your eternal soul, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you give that up when you listen to the show, but monetarily, free. If you're uh, maybe taking a little road trip to go back and see the family for Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. nice little companion. Download a few episodes of the podcast, catch up on what you missed, scare your kids in the backseat into going, the hell are mom and dad listening to with Common Man and T-Bone? Well, they'll find out. Inside the NFL, let's do it. Common Man and T-Bones Inside the NFL. Brought to you by my friend Dick Masheter Ford. Open 24-7 at MasheterFord.net. Bone. Well, man, the uh, Bills practice report is getting healthier and healthier. Rookie receiver Marcus Stevenson has been designated to return to practice. Uh, This is his 21-day window to return to the team after being activated off injured reserve. Uh, But uh, also, the only guys left on their practice report now as far as injuries are linebacker Tremaine Edmonds, who still remains iffy with a hamstring, but he was a full participant in practice. Uh, Cole Beasley, who still has a rib injury, was limited, but they are getting healthier, so that might mean good things for them eventually if uh, they can you know, get better play out of everyone else. But the health issue, at least, is not going to be a crutch for them if they continue to struggle. Dan Campbell, meanwhile, talking about the health of his quarterback, Jared Goff, he said that Goff is trending towards starting against the Bears on Bears. Thanksgiving. Uh, Goff, of course, missed last week with an oblique injury. Uh, Campbell told reporters in his press conference, quote, I think he was better today. I think it's leaning that way. We'll see. He then joked that Goff has a, quote, 60% chance of it being 50-50. So Dan Campbell, known for his humor, fighting kneecaps, and failing to win NFL games. That is what he is known for. Uh, Andy Dalton, meanwhile, is going to start for the Bears 
uh, on Thanksgiving. That has been confirmed as well. So good news for everybody who what wants to see. What a dumpster fire that game is going to be. <laughs> Jesus. Can we flex out of that one? A winless football team and backup quarterback on guy who's likely to get fired if he's not already in Matt Nagy. Yeah, just just an awful game. Too all bad Major around. League Soccer's not putting their playoff game on earlier instead of 4 <laughs> o'clock. I think I'd watch some of it. Yeah, Ted, MLS put a game at 4 o'clock on Thanksgiving. Is there anything else traditionally going on at 4 o'clock on Thanksgiving? I can't think of anything. Speaking of whatever the anything might be, Jerry Jones was talking about Amari Cooper. Uh, Cooper tested positive for COVID-19 late last week, took him out for Dallas's Week 11 matchup against Kansas City. Uh, that is something that irked the ownership, apparently. Jerry Jones said in an interview with 105.3 The Fan, what a dumb name for a radio station, he said that there is a difference between being vaccinated and unvaccinated in this situation. Uh, he said, first of all, we wouldn't have been testing if he had been vaccinated. So he didn't have symptoms, so he wouldn't have been tested. So there's a likelihood he might have played had he been vaccinated. He went on to say, this is the money quote, you check me at the door with a football team, meaning you leave the selfishness behind. You do what's right for the team. That is a very interesting take to hear from an ownership, given all the controversy around, you know, guys like Aaron Rodgers refusing to take the vaccine. Interesting that Jerry Jones would come out so strongly in that way. So now you're aware Jerry Jones making his thoughts known. Eric Ebron likely to miss extended time with a knee injury that he suffered for the Steelers uh, in their game against the Chargers. The tight end uh, left the game after playing 32 of the 69 offensive snaps. Nice. He did not return afterwards. And now, according to Jeremy Fowler of ESPN, Ebron will miss extended time for that knee injury. So he had three catches and a touchdown on Sunday. That is the last you'll see of him, possibly this year, but certainly for a while. And uh, some news: If you're a Browns fan, and maybe you were, or if you're a if you're a Raiders fan, if you're a Colts fan, if you're a Patriots fan, doesn't matter. Those two games: Raiders, Browns, Patriots, Colts, are being moved to Saturday in Week 15. Week 15 is the weekend of December 18th and 19th. So there you go. There's not a time yet. I don't believe on these games, but they will both be meaningful in the AFC playoff race from all things considered. If these teams all continue on their paths, at least a couple of them will be very relevant to the playoff decision, if not all of them. See that uh, the Giants fired Jason Garrett, their mm-hmm. offensive coordinator today. Mm-hmm. Did you see? Oh, I did. Who is uh, <laughs> oh, I who's did. the new guy calling plays for the New York Giants? It is. Freddie Kitchens. It's very interesting watching all the Giants fans who are like, oh, yeah, well, thank God we got rid of Jason Garrett. Now, see what Freddie Kitchens well, can do. Well, Freddie like, Kitchens worked Freddie out Kitchens for the Browns for a hot second, too. Yeah, for a, for a he, hot second. Yes, you're right. That's fair. He did come in partway through the season. He won himself that job. By having a decent offense. But yeah. let me just tell you, Freddie Kitchens had never been a coordinator up until that point. So let's just say some of his play designs and concepts were foreign and unknown to most of the NFL defensive coordinators at the time. Now, that's not the case. They are very aware of his his tendencies and what he likes to do. And yes, this is not going to totally be him doing what he did with the Browns. But let's let's just bank on after a couple weeks. Giants fans are going to be saying, hey, uh, also Freddie Kitchens, not great. Or he turns into new Bill Belichick. Oh, cut his teeth with okay. the Browns, goes someplace <laughs> else, becomes a genius. The goes, end goes tech, goes to New York. 
right? Belichick went to New York for a hot second. That's right. I was like, never mind. Forget that I did that. Let's not do that. Michael Strahan is going to space next month on the Jeff Bezos Blue Origin. He's mm. excited about going to space and spend ten, spending 10 whole minutes. That's how long the I, ride is, 10 minutes. I don't understand... I mean, I guess you're saying you went to space. You can theoretically claim it, all that other stuff. But have you ever heard of the vomit comet? Are you aware of that plane? Yes. The training thing that they've used for years. I believe they use it for astronauts. You also but, can achieve zero gravity. Yeah, because they thing. just they go up super high. And then as they drop to the earth before pulling out of the drop, you are feeling weightlessness for 10 seconds or so. And then they do it again and again. I don't know. I mean, if. Wouldn't that be, if I guess, if Jeff Bezos is inviting you, then go right ahead. Enjoy. But seems like a huge waste of money for basically no return. You don't think he's paying for it? I think he's paying money. He's paying for it? I think so. Oh, well, then I mean, I think this is a business venture for them. <sighs> yeah, Maybe but Maybe I'm wrong. I, I, th- I would think that, well, I guess, what, what kind of promotion do you need? Do you need Michael Strahan to promote it for you? It's already known. Bezos can promote it with Amazon. I think he's fine. You're right. He is probably paying for it, and I don't get it. Where will Ohio State land in tonight's playoff rankings? We give you the latest gossip coming up next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. Slow traffic on 670 westbound between 71 and 3rd Street. This is in part due to a crash on the right shoulder, 670 westbound at 71. So use caution as you head through there. You also have a crash on westbound 70 at 270 on the west side. This report is sponsored by Meyer. It's Black Friday all week long at Meyer. Right now, you can buy one, get one for a dollar on shoes, boots, or slippers for the whole family. Keep everyone's feet warm and cozy while you take advantage of this Black Friday deal and many more only at your neighborhood Meyer. I'm Chris Harden for 97.1 The Fan Traffic. Common Man here for Care, Heating, and Cooling. Can I tell you a secret? One of my joys in life is a good clean out. Once in a blue moon, I will take it to the next level. I have an air vent right over the toilet. So when I know a wild ride is coming, I'll turn down the AC a few minutes before it's go time. And then when I sit down, beautiful cold air greets me, blowing in my face as I do the deed. And the only people I trust to keep my crapper temp in tip-top shape, that's Care Heating and Cooling. Call 1-800-COOLING or book an appointment online at careheatingandcooling.com when you need a company you can trust. No college education and it shows. You're listening to Common Man and T-Bone. Happy Tuesday. Rapid fire coming up at 434. Game show in the 5 o'clock hour. What's the game this week, Boner? Today we're going to go with something easy. Turkey trivia. Everything you wanted to know about what could have been America's national bird instead of the bald eagle could have been the turkey if Ben Franklin got his way. We'll do that at 534. So I'm, I'm reading this article about a lucky gambler who placed a $50 bet. Uh, this is a 15-game parlay. <laughs> Right. $50 on BetMGM, and he won it, he or she, I don't know, and it paid he or she $1.13 million on the $50 bet. However, this is the weirdest parlay I've ever seen. Have you seen this? Uh, no, I did not see right. what the actual Here's parlay the, was. Because normally when we have a, a story like this, it's pretty much that they picked every single NFL game right. Yeah, right? Often that's the case. Right, but that's not the case here. So here's everything that needed to happen for this person's parlay for them to win over a million dollars. 
Vegas Golden Knights plus two and a half goals against Carolina. They lost four to two, but covered. Huh. All right, so that's wow. the first thing. Okay. Cal State Fullerton <laughs> defeated George Washington. They had that game. Yeah. Rhode Island defeated Boston College. UConn defeated LIU. I don't know who LIU is. is that Long Island University? I don't know, but the final score was 93 is. to 40. Okay. Miami Redhawks defeated Stetson. Hey. Wake Forest defeated Charleston Southern. Michigan State defeated Butler. The Atlanta Hawks defeated the Celtics. The Colorado Avalanche defeated the Canucks. The Capitals defeated the Kings. The New England Patriots defeated the Falcons. Uh, so they put a, a lot of these are just straight money line. They're not. They're not like they covered the spread. They're just they won the game. So they're yes. just they're just picking winners, which Houston, is a smarter strategy. Houston there. defeated Memphis. Jin Young Ko won the CME Group Tour Championship. This is the LPGA. Okay. All right. All right. And the final one, the final thing that needed to happen was the Baltimore Ravens needed okay. to beat the Bears. Let me just clarify all of this for anyone who's like, I'm going to take $50 and turn it into a million dollars. If that LPGA tournament one is not on, they picked the winner of an LPGA event yes. just straight up. Plus 500 odds. Okay. For Jin Young Koo. She's the one of the top two players probably on the LPGA tour. Okay, okay so, that's yeah. fair. But, my, but it's still my, difficult. My point yes. is there's a field of 40 to 60 people at least at any tour, yeah. let alone if it's a bigger one. I don't know the LPGA schedule, obviously, but that I'm just saying your odds of winning like a NASCAR race. You might say like, oh, well, this, this guy, Kyle Larson this year, won the championship. He's very likely to win a race. Yeah, but just on a given weekend, picking that he's definitely going to win, that is not easy, even if you really know the sport. I'm saying that's where this became a kind of okay parlay to like, wow, that's going to make you a millionaire parlay. You can't, you, typically, all those basketball scores are amazing that they picked all that, but it's that LPGA thing that put it over the top. Can you imagine? Like, all that stuff happened to you. Yes. You had 14 of the 15 things you needed to do to win a million dollars. And then you wake up on Sunday morning at about 10 o'clock and see that Lamar Jackson is not playing oh. for the Baltimore Ravens. Oh. Like your whole world has to be shattered. And then you watch that game as dramatic as it was. Andy Dalton throwing the touchdown. I cannot on, imagine on being coverage. like that. Yeah. You think there's no way I just lost a million dollars. And the Ravens go right back down the field and win the game. You're a millionaire. I've asked you this before. But you got 14 of those things happening. MGM's calling you on the phone yes. that morning. Bring, bring, bring. Yeah. Mr. Bone, we just heard that Lamar Jackson's not going to be playing. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you heard that too. How's $75,000 sound to you? Oof. Would you have taken it? I probably would have. I mean, you, you would have lost out on your chance for yeah, $1.13 million. You, in gambling, when you've done, you, you take. The guarantee money. I would have taken it. I, to uh, I totally would have taken it. You take the guarantee because it's actual real money, not a potential of money. By the way, you know who really enjoys that story, that feel-good story? The casinos. Not the one that had to pay it out, obviously. But everybody else. They made it back, I'm sure. They're well, all right. Well, did you see the stats from the New Jersey Division of Gaming? No. This, for October. 
they released the numbers, and I, I've not really seen this. Maybe this is something that's done. These are the year-to-date profits, not revenue, profits Okay, for New Jersey when it comes to sports gambling. Football, they have made $38 million on football. Profit. Profit. Let them live. College and pro? It, it just says football, so I'm right. assuming yes. Baseball, $53 million. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Oh, oh, it gets it gets bigger than that. Basketball, $75 million. Wow. There's a category called other, which could be anything, right? MMA. Could be, yeah, what, it could be horse race. $105,000. No. 105000 or million? Oh, sorry, $105 million. Now, the number one category for sports gambling in New Jersey, and this is, by the way, not just in New Jersey. This is everywhere. The number one category, the parlay category, meaning you took this game, you took that game, you yeah. took that game, like this person did with 15 of them. You do that with two games, it's a you know parlay, three games. Like That's all it takes. They made $335 million in profit. I am telling you, listen to me, your friendly degenerate T-Bone. Parlays are fun to think about. This is the dream scenario. That's why, That's why they people offer do it. it. But you are not going to make a million dollars on a parlay. If you're any good at picking games, pick one, pick another one, pick a third one, take your little winnings, keep doing that. That's if you're ever going to be successful. The people who do these parlays, they're fun to do. I've done them. I, I've got sucked into it, but it is a sucker's bet. Like it is... For every one person that does that, like I just said, New Jersey, since the start of the year through October, made $335 million off of everybody else going, I'm going to make a million bucks with my 17 parlay. No, you're not. It's a good thing the state of Ohio doesn't need any of that money. <laughs> if you're not keeping score of that, that is well over half a billion dollars in, in profits. gambling profits. profits. I just laid out for you there. Uh, tonight, new playoff rankings are out. Here's the gossip about what it's going to look like, because it's all speculation. We don't know. We do know that Georgia will stay at number one. No one is popping them out of that spot. No. People think that Ohio State will move up to two. They did that, obviously, in the AP. They would knock Alabama out of that spot. Uh, Alabama would then be three. Cincinnati would pop in at four. Of course, Oregon is now dead. Yeah. They're not in there. And then the first team out would be Michigan. That would be very welcome. Not, I mean, it, it doesn't really matter at this point. If it Ohio doesn't, State it doesn't matter. But. Ohio State wins all their games. We've already, yeah. I, I assume they will be no problem. One of the top four teams in probably should be second. I guess if you're, we we know this, right? If it, I maybe it helps a little bit from the standpoint that if Georgia's going to lose to Bama, and then you have one loss Bama, one loss Georgia, one loss Ohio State. And Michigan is a highly ranked team when Ohio State beats them. They're already going to be highly ranked, but you know, as high as they can be. Maybe that helps a little bit. It doesn't help. Doesn't matter. Buckeyes lose, they're done. Oh, yeah. They we, control yeah. their own destiny. Of course. Now, I think this is a good sign for Cincinnati, right? They're not holding them outside. If this does happen, well, they should. This is speculation. I, look, man, I know we've been around and around on that, but. The reality is, if you're an undefeated team I, in November, I, I get it, and you don't, yes, yeah, so they're not playing a Power Five schedule, but they they until, schedule Power Five teams and they beat them. Yes, until 
you go to the playoffs and we have it on film that you can't compete with these other teams. Right. We, we kind of have that. Now they're not Cincinnati. They don't play in the American. But we kind of have that with Notre Dame, don't we? I Where think I think you don't it, think people are going to think twice about Notre Dame. They're a one-loss team that started the season in the top ten. They should be in the national championship conversation. That too conversation, and they're not here, right now. Here's the. Let me say this though. Well, well I don't know. You tell me what you think because I have my opinion on it. If Notre Dame didn't lose to the undefeated group of you know five team that we're talking about in Cincinnati, if that wasn't their one loss, depending on how bad that loss was, they're probably over Cincinnati. Cincinnati is fortunate they scheduled one of these teams that happens to have one loss because if Notre Dame was a one-loss team, I bet even with the resume, they'd go, yeah, but it's Notre Dame compared to Cincinnati. Come I don't on, know, man. I know Play that schedule. Like, I'm just saying that would be almost, the argument. I know, but talking to enough people. Now, I'm not talking to the committee, so you're right. I can't get know. in their brain. But it's almost, the opinion about Notre Dame is almost like once they lost that game, they were on a pseudo bowl ban, you know, where well, it's like, from, oh, the, from the playoffs, from, from yeah. the playoffs. Yes. Of course they will go someplace. They'll go to a big time bowl. They'll go to a new Year's six bowl. But I think people almost look at Notre Dame's recent history in the playoffs and they say, all right, we can't do that again. Unless they're undefeated, we can't do that again. Well, but let, okay. Not, not at least for this year. Let me ask Maybe you, next year. Let me ask you this question. Let's say it pans out that Cincinnati, then it's Michigan at five. Where would Notre Dame probably be sixth, I'm guessing? Where were they in the last one? I think they were right around there, sixth or seventh. I wonder if, assuming that there are no other one-loss teams in front of them, because like if Michigan loses, right? What if Cincinnati loses? And then it's Notre Dame is like looking great right now. Let's say they just, I don't even know who they're playing at the end of the year. Notre Dame is fifth in the AP. Who's their, they who's their are, opponent this weekend? I don't have it in front of me. Hold on. Because uh, they've been playing so well right now. Well, they're killing people. Yeah. They're at Stanford. Okay. Let's say they go out and beat Stanford by 30 plus points, they which should. they should. Then are you telling me that Notre Dame, if 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 Cincinnati lost, you tell me they keep Notre Dame out, assuming Michigan loses to Ohio State. It's Ohio State, Bama, Georgia, some of those three. There's one spot left. And if UC loses in their championship game or something and they get a loss... I almost guarantee you Notre Dame would get the spot if they're just if they smoke Stanford and they're just sitting there because I don't know what else they would do at that point. <sighs> this is my point. Is I don't know. Cincinnati's keeping them out because Cincinnati's the team that beat them. If it was any other team they lost to, and if Cincinnati was an undefeated school but they just hadn't played Notre Dame and didn't beat them, I bet Notre Dame jumps them again. This is the problem I have with college think, football. Do you think? Well, of course, because we, it's because it's all about well, but Notre Dame. We know they're so much better than Cincinnati, even though we don't. Do you think that uh, maybe if Oklahoma State goes out, they have they have Oklahoma this week? Yeah, they'd have to if they, they, go, they out go out and drill, and Oklahoma, drill Oklahoma, Oklahoma, yeah, and win by like thirty points. Yeah, that might be it. That might be the one that maybe that's gets ahead out. of Notre Dame. Yeah. If they want to keep Notre Dame out, maybe that's their out. My point is, it's not a guarantee. If Cincinnati no, you're right. loses, it's not a guarantee, it, but I don't think Cincinnati's between, losing. No, I, I don't either. But the discussion point being that Notre Dame probably isn't getting in. Well, yeah, because there's a team that beat them ahead of them that's undefeated. That team loses, Notre Dame's back in that conversation. Yeah, yeah, you're right. They probably are.
Urban shares his reaction to Dan Mullen getting fired from Florida. We'll tell you what he had to say coming up next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. Look out for a crash that blocks the left lane. Westbound 70 at 270. This is on the west side. It's causing a backup from Hague Avenue. You can expect about a five-minute delay or so there. You also have a crash on the right shoulder, 670 westbound at 71. And you have a crash on southbound US 23 at I-270 on the north side. This report is sponsored by Wendy's. Right now at Wendy's, see why everyone is raving about their brand new fries. Natural cut, skin on with a hint of sea salt, and guaranteed to be hot and crispy, or they'll replace them. You know, the way fries should be. Try Wendy's guaranteed hot and crispy fries today at participating U.S. Wendy's. I'm Chris Harden for 97.1 The Fan Traffic. Common Man here for Care Heating and Cooling. Can I tell you a secret? One of my joys in life is a good clean out. Once in a blue moon, I will take it to the next level. I have an air vent right over the toilet. So when I know a wild ride is coming, I'll turn down the AC a few minutes before it's go time. And then when I sit down, beautiful cold air greets me, blowing in my face as I do the deed. And the only people I trust to keep my crapper temp in tip-top shape, that's Care Heating and Cooling. Call 1-800-COOLING or book an appointment online at careheatingandcooling.com when you need a company you can trust. Your undisputed leader in talking about nothing. This is Man and Bone. Rapid Fire is coming up at 434. Rapid Fire. Game show, it's turkey trivia this week in the 5 o'clock hour. So Urban was asked about Dan Mullen's firing down at Florida. Urban said, didn't see that one coming. There's high expectations at Florida. I'll call him tonight. He and Megan are dear, dear friends. Mm. I fondled her ace one night. (laughs) I added that in. Okay. Um, Well, first of all, he shouldn't. He said, I didn't see that one coming. And I saw some comments saying, whoa, are you not paying attention? No, he's not. He shouldn't be paying he, attention. He shouldn't be paying attention to what's going on at Florida. Frankly, what's going on at Ohio State? He's got a job to do. He's knee-deep in coaching a football team right now. So you're right. He probably wasn't tuned in to everything that was going on at Florida. I'm not. I, I don't think there's any chance his name is in the rotation no, for bringing no way. him back and any no of that. No way. But let me ask you this question. If you had told Urban Meyer... This time last year, the USC, uh, LSU, and Florida jobs will all be open this time next year. Do you think he goes on to take the Jags job? I mean, Texas job was open last year. It's not like there wasn't a premier gig open. I think so. I think he just wanted this challenge for himself. Okay. I think so. Can I tell you something else that bugs the hell out of me? What's that? I know it bugs the hell out of you, too. So I... Teddy printed this story off from Larry Brown Sports. So Larry oh, Brown wrote yeah, this. They're always doing a great job over there. Here is the last uh, paragraph of this story about Urban Meyer responding to Dan Mullen's firing. Mullen was 34-15 and 15 at Florida and went 2-1 and one in bowl games. His performance was very strong, but apparently the Gators have a zero-tolerance policy when it comes to mid-season losing records, regardless of how well the coach has performed otherwise. Why don't you just close this by saying, and I don't pay attention to college football at all? 
<laughs> all right, I, yeah. I, do, I do not know why. And look, that's all right. If you're a pro sports fan and you don't pay attention to college football, maybe you flip on the playoffs or Ohio State and Michigan, but that's about it. If you honestly think, because we've had this discussion when these idiots want to bring up Jim Harbaugh's record at Michigan. Mm-hmm. Can you believe these people want to fire Jim Harbaugh? Look at his overall record at Michigan. And okay, so he didn't win one game a year. What's the big deal? You don't know anything about college sports then. Stop pretending like you do. Yeah, I, I think that there's there's two separate discussions that have to be kind of parsed here. Should Dan Mullen have been fired from Florida for the performance this year? There's a very good case to be made for yes that's not florida being crazy and out there that's a reasonable expectation at a big time school that it doesn't matter what you did before that yes that's fireable how bad this was and all this behind the scenes stuff right not getting rid of his defensive coordinator that everyone said was garbage and terrible the recruiting starting to slip away from him a little bit this is there's no margin for error at a school like florida because it's so highly competitive and they don't want to become the the next one of these great schools that never gets back up in national championship. We see land. it. Yes, there's a lot of examples. But a lot in your own state too, in the state of Florida. Here's the other discussion that is difficult, and I don't know the right way to square these two conversations. Is there a guy out there that has the resume that Dan Mullen had when he took the Florida job this year? And the answer is not really. I mean, what he did at Mississippi State was so good. And given that he was also a national championship winning coordinator at Florida before his tenure there, I'm saying he'd shown his offense was good enough to win national championships with the right players. He then took Dak Prescott and helped him become the guy. Now, Dak Prescott also did that because he's great, but he got Dak Prescott to come to Starkville. Like that's, that's the point. So I can understand an argument that is around no, no, you probably, can't keep your job when you have the record he did against top 25 teams going top back 25 to last year. teams they're two and nine in their last 11 games against fcs opponents that's right we're yes. not talking about top 25 teams you're right. you're right you're talking about crapping all over yourself okay so that's that's a fair now, point we can have a larger discussion why was the school so stupid to give this guy a contract extension less than a year ago where's all this dead money going who's paying for this that's another conversation don't i'm not don't get me wrong i'm not saying they shouldn't have fired him i'm saying when you're florida and you you're clearly in this you're in this weird spot where you're saying that's not good enough. Our standards are too high or not, not in a bad way. Our standards are so high. We're not going to let that stand. We need to show that we're not going to take that. This guy can't keep his job. If he has this bad a performance, all that's fair. The question is now, who do you get to replace him? And yes, there are good coaches out there. You are though, but you are now going to be competing with LSU, arguably a better job. Argue it's arguably as good a job or better. And then you have USC, which is not as good of a job right now, but historically it gets that merit right. in consideration. You are right, but that is a separate conversation. I, I know. Just, that's what I, I can't mean. stand it when pro sports guy says, "Oh, thirty-one and fifteen. What are you complaining that's a, about?" Yes, that's then a stupid you, you're, argument. You're stupid. Then you don't know what the hell you're talking about. And I wish you just shut up. Yeah, it's report it's, the news and shut up. <laughs> My yeah, forgetting Larry Brown sports and that old dumb argument. It's a weird spot for Florida to be in to say. This is not acceptable, but now we have to go hire someone who is going to have 
less of a case to be made that they can fix Florida than Dan Mullen did when he got here and he failed. That's yes. a, that's a bad spot to be in. And I, I'm just saying that shows how dicey it is when you fire a coach like that. Now you're going to have to go try to replace him with somebody. And if look at, look at what's going on with Texas, right? They said what Tom Herman was doing was not good enough for Texas. Everyone agreed with that. Rightfully so. Tom Herman had a big resume too, just like Dan Mullen took a lower school, made them good, won a national championship with his brilliant Mensa-inspired offense. And then what happened? He got to Texas and tripped on the rake and was terrible. That's where now you've got Steve Sarkeesian there, and it looks like it's even worse than Herman. That could be what's in Florida's future, and I don't know the answer there. I'm telling you, it sucks to be at those programs. Rapid Fire is coming up next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. Still looking at a crash on the west side. This is on westbound 70 at I-270. The left lane is blocked, and it's causing about a five-minute delay, and it's backed up from Hague Avenue. You also have a crash on the right shoulder, 670 westbound at I-71. This report is sponsored by Lowe's. Lowe's Provember event ends November 24th, but there's still time to become a pro-loyalty member and get a welcome kit via mail. Every member gets a chance to win amazing prizes. Lowe's, the new home for pros, U.S. only. I'm Chris Harden for 97.1 The Fan Traffic. Common Man here for Care Heating and Cooling. Can I tell you a secret? One of my joys in life is a good clean-out. Once in a blue moon, I will take it to the next level. I have an air vent right over the toilet. So when I know a wild ride is coming, I'll turn down the AC a few minutes before it's go time. And then when I sit down, beautiful cold air greets me, blowing in my face as I do the deed. And the only people I trust to keep my crapper temp in tip-top shape, that's Care Heating and Cooling. Call 1-800-COOLING or book an appointment online at careheatingandcooling.com when you need a company you can trust. Did you feel that? It's your radio getting fatter. Getting fatter. Chubby time! This is Common Man and T-Bone. Hey, something I'm supposed to read but forgot. Hey. Hold on. Hey. Submit your rivalry week photo or video to the fan using hashtag Ohio's Biggest Sports Team on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram for your chance to win a pair of tickets to the Ohio State Duke basketball game. Visit 971thefan.com for more info. See, Teddy? I did it. Thank you. Also, Common Man and T-Bone brought to you by Hinder <laughs> Motorsports. Love them. That's very good. What else, what else do I need? Common man it. here for pee-pee problems. Not today. <laughs> Everything's good today. Today you're not here for that. Rapid fire. Rapid, rapid fire. All right, Teddy. Rapid fire number one. What play or moment immediately comes to mind when you think of the Ohio State-Michigan game? Um, Troy to Anthony Gonzalez comes to mind yeah 2005 is when that was i believe you're right yes uh will allen picking it off in 2002 Mm -hmm. to secure the you know trip to the national championship game yeah what am i missing Um, i'm asking you what i'm missing well one that popped to my mind is beanie's spin at midfield and run for like a 50 yard touchdown and that was i want to say the game of the century right the that's right 2001 versus game yeah now i mean things pop in my mind that aren't good (laughs) i I have a few like the heisman pose that pops in my mind Well, the heisman pose from desmond howard uh 
clearly the the David Boston fight, which was good in the moment. We just let's not talk about how that game ended. But David Boston and Charles Woodson going at it. Um, who was the lineman that flipped off Michigan when he walked out after Michigan ganged up on Ohio State and then our guy got tossed? Which which lineman was that? Was it Maurice Hall? No, no, is that wrong? I think there was a yeah. running, back, but there was a was running it, back named Maurice Hall. But there was also the line, a lineman who That's I think right. that was his You're name. You're right. You are right. Yeah, but anyway, I'm wrong. I'm him stupid. Flipping the bird as he walks out. I mean, yes. so there's lots of those moments too. But I was just trying to think of like one where the Buckeyes won, and yeah. But I was watching some footage this morning, and it was the you know. Harbaugh complaining about the spot and stuff like that from a couple of years ago. But you know what struck me with that game? First of all, spot was good. Yeah. Second of all, Buckeyes had stupid uniforms on in that game. And I hate it. I, it should be illegal. It should be illegal to wear anything other than your traditional uniforms in this game. Oh, you know one I forgot is uh, was Zach Bourne, right? That had the sack. Yes. Yeah. When he yes. converted a linebacker. And Take had it out the trash. Yeah, that was fantastic. Yeah, that's another Rapid one. Rapid fire number two. It was Marcus Hall is who we were looking Marcus for. Marcus Hall, I'm sorry. Yes, yes, I knew it was something like that. Okay, I'm sorry I screwed that up. All right, excluding the OSU-Michigan game, what's your favorite college football rivalry game to watch? I don't know if I'm going to have the same answer as you guys. Like we pretend Ted answers. I'm going to say Ar- I'm going to say Army Navy is my favorite game to watch. I watch yeah, it every single year. Well, that'll definitely be I, not one that I have. I love the atmosphere of that, so that's my answer. I and I say this knowing I probably won't watch it this year, but I enjoy, from a purely aesthetic proposition, color on color, USC-UCLA. It's not the greatest game in the world. Friends I don't, don't let friends watch that game. Don't watch that game. <laughs> it's not a good game to watch, but the point is I do like the color scheme there. But It was last week, too, by the way. I know. I know it was. So I'm just we saying. We missed it. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying that I didn't watch it. I I'm sure a lot was, of people missed it because I'm sure there were plenty of empty seats. I, I was getting tweets about, like, your favorite color schemes are on. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I'm not watching it. But I do typically enjoy watching that. I just didn't flip it on last week. Rapid fire number three. Which NFL team that's currently at 500 or below has the best chance to win a playoff game? Um, you know what? I think... It's a team that won this past weekend. I think they're better than their record indicates because when healthy, they can play good defense. They can run the football, and they can throw the football, and that's the Vikings. Okay, interesting. It's definitely going to be an NFC team because the AFC teams that are at 500 are completely out, seemingly out of the playoff picture. Like You have to be at least 6-5 and five to be even. Because there's, I think, 10 teams that are at 6 or 5 or better. But I'll say the Eagles. I think the Eagles are a team that can win a playoff game this year. I'd... Not saying they have the best record, and if you go look at who they've beat, yes, they have some iffy... Ah, they're beating the Falcons and some of these Well, that's okay. Teams. Dan Orlovsky says he knows that Jalen Hurts is the man for oh, that job okay, in the good. future. Yes. If well, Dan Orlovsky says it, it's good enough be, for me. Well, now I want to... I'm going to say go Vikings, buy his jersey. Too. I'm going to say Vikings, too. I'm going to burn my opinion. Rapid fire number four. Which city sports teams have the best collection of uniforms, colors, and logos? You know me. I like classic looks. I don't like loud stuff. I don't like new stuff. So it's if it's been in existence for a long time, I enjoy it. I like Chicago for that reason, but th- that's not the city that I picked. The city that I picked was Boston. I love the simplicity of the Red Sox uniforms. The Patriots have a good-looking uniform. The Bruins, classic. The Celtics, it doesn't get more classic than that. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. My pick was New York from the standpoint, and yes, I'm a Mets fan, but I do like the blue and orange color combination, and I've always thought the Knicks have great uniforms. 
I like the Mets com- colors, obviously. I like the Islanders color combination. And Well, they're the Mets colors. Right. That's why you like the Islanders. But then go to the other teams, right? Rangers uniforms, iconic, yeah. right? Those are great. Ionic. The, and Ionic. The Yankees uniforms, what do you have to say? They're they're fantastic. Yes. And the Giants are usually, a, depending on when they're not screwing around with their logo or trying to do a retro new thing. Jets, Jets, Jets are the weak good. link. The Jets are the weak link there. You know, the other team that I, the other city that I think really has good uniforms. And they only have, I think, two pro sports teams. Portland has good uniforms. They're, they have the Portland Timbers, which is the dark green, and they do a good uniform combo, but... The Blazers have excellent uniforms. They've had them for years. The black, red, and white combo, I like. Rapid fire number five. What's your favorite dessert to have on Thanksgiving Day? Pumpkin pie. Gotta have pumpkin pie. Not for me. No likey? I'm not a big fan of pumpkin pie. What's the problem with it? The custard part or the pumpkin part? I don't like pumpkin. You don't like anything pumpkin? I'm not a big, no. Like a pumpkin muffin? No, I mean, Pumpkin cake? It is is partially the custardy thing. But it is also just the fact. No, you know what, though? It's not because here's my actual answer. My favorite thing to eat is chocolate pudding pie, which is just chocolate, chocolate pudding, pudding pie. See, sitting in a graham cracker crust. It's a nostalgia it, it all, thing. Right. It all boils down to what you had when you were a kid. We we never had anything like that. Yeah. On Thanksgiving. They, there was always there was always pumpkin pie, apple pie and that at least. And then probably like a pecan pie or something else, depending on who what brought what. But that was the one I always went for, and I still always love it. I think it's really interesting when you're either first-generation or second-generation American, because then usually what happens is that you have the Thanksgiving food, but you also have, you know, ethnic foods. Okay. We always had Italian food. Mm. We had all the, the Thanksgiving food, but we always had Italian food, so it was always pumpkin pie for dessert, and it was always... Either a cannoli, or if we were really getting frisky, they would make a cannoli cake. Oh, wow. Which is like, you know, sponge cake with the cannoli filling layered in between. Delicious. I've never had that, but De- how could if that you be like bad? cannoli filling, I love cannoli filling. Delicious. I love cannolis. I, I, why wouldn't you love cannolis? I don't know, I don't know it is why. It's a deep fried dessert. It's beautiful. I would take that if you said, all right, you can have cheesecake. Like, I, I again, once. I'm not picking this every time. Cheesecake, a chocolate chip cookie, or a cannoli. I'm taking cannoli. Teddy, what's your favorite Thanksgiving dessert? Well, I'm with Bone on the pumpkin pie. If it was the only thing there and you yeah, could I'll smother it with whipped cream, then I would eat it. Yeah. Uh, I guess I'd go with uh, probably pecan pie. That would be... Ooh, yeah. I do I do love it's a, a pecan one. pie. Yeah, or yeah to be clear... pecan pie, because we're not hillbillies. Pecan. There's there, On the cement? Is that where you... <laughs> You get some. You're walking out on the cement, and you thought, "Let me get some pecan pie." Uh, I I love any pie for what it's worth. So bring it, and I will eat it. I'm with Ted. If there's a pumpkin pie there, and that's it, fine. Just not what I'm going for. All right. What's coming up next? Oh, Ryan Day with his weekly presser today. We'll hear from the coach next. Common Man and T Bone on the fan. Fan traffic from the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. On the north side, you have a crash on southbound 23 at 270. It's blocking the left three lanes, and it's causing about a 15-minute delay. You also have a crash on westbound 70 at 270 on the west side, blocking the left lane. This report is sponsored by Meyer. It's Black Friday all week long at Meyer. 
Right now, you can buy one, get one for a dollar on shoes, boots, or slippers for the whole family. Keep everyone's feet warm and cozy while you take advantage of this Black Friday deal and many more only at your neighborhood mire. I'm Chris Harden for 97.1 The Fan Traffic. Common Man here for Care Heating and Cooling. I'm a big fan of preventative maintenance. Something will eventually go wrong, and if you're not prepared, it is sure to cost you money. That's why I want you to sign up for a care plan. My guys at Care make sure your heater and AC are running in tip-top shape, taking care of maintenance and staying on top of any potential issues. Surprises suck. Be prepared with a care plan. Care Heating and Cooling. Call 1-800-COOLING or book an appointment online at careheatingandcooling.com. When you need a company you can trust. Come for the obesity. Stay for the anger. This is Common Man and T-Bone. Ryan Day meeting with the media today talking about the game. Before we get to that, we have some more Big Ten coach news today. James Franklin staying at Penn State, at least for right now. He... He just inked a new 10-year deal at $8.5 million per year. All right. Uh, here's how that breaks down. $7 million of that is salary per year. So good, not up in the upper echelons of coaching in college football anymore, but still probably top 10. I haven't looked at the latest list, but it's probably around there. Uh, he gets $500,000 per year every year he is still the coach. All right. So, so, that's, so that's salary. Well, it's a retention bonus if he's fired then he obviously forfeits. So let's say there's there's 10 years on this deal. That's 5 million of his 85 million on the salary. Okay. So he would lose that if he gets fired somewhere. Whatever he didn't get initially. Um and then he gets a every year a million dollar life insurance loan. So they I guess take out life insurance on him and then loan him the money whatever. Anyway, the school buyout, if they want him to go away, let's say next year they're like this sucks, you suck. We were wrong. This is dumb. The buyout is his entire salary. So 7 million times 10 plus the 1 million life insurance loan times 10. So that's $80 million. Um, If he decides to leave this year, it's $12 million buyout. If he decides to leave next year, it's an $8 million buyout. And if he decides to leave in 2023, it's only a $6 million buyout. So it's not impossible. It's basically, I mean, He's, I, I mean, I'm not saying that he is still going to leave this year or anything Man, like that. Wouldn't, that's wouldn't not, that be something? That's not likely, wouldn't but I'm just saying they'd have to pay him $12 million if he wanted to get out of the job this year. He would have to find a way for that to be covered, more Man, or less. Imagine what Penn State would pay for a good coach. <laughs> I was reading some Penn State fan sites today, you know, their version of 11 Warriors and Bucknuts. Mm-hmm. And. You know, they knew this was coming. The report was he was going to sign this 10-year, $80 million deal. The regents were meeting about it this afternoon. And they understood why it had to happen. No one was really clicking their heels like, oh, thank God he's staying. Now we can get back to work. It was almost like, all right, I guess it's good, but I don't know because this team hasn't been good and they've been disappointing the last 24 months. Yeah, I want to say there's something along the lines of right around 500 the last two years combined. Well, record. last year was such a weird year, so you sort of excuse that away. But you're excusing away bad because they were not good last year. Were they two and five? Yeah, and then this year better, but not well. They're not they're not good enough for no. what they want that program to be. That's the problem. Is it's almost like okay, well. 
He's not going to take one of these other jobs, but at the same time, we still have him now. So we got to figure out what to do. Here's what's really interesting to me, because you just had the Mel Tucker thing where he's signing a 90 plus million dollar contract. Yeah. It's the fact that you have a lot of these guys, a lot of coaches now who are signing. When Jimbo Fisher signed his deal, that was 10 years, seven and a half million dollars. And everyone pretty much said, holy blank and blank. What is going on in Texas A&M that they're willing to pay that amount of money for a coach? Right. And the answer was, well, they want to be national champions. And they think this is the guy. They don't want to have to have this argument every year about is he staying, is he going? Well, now you have two coaches in the Big Ten making more than Jimbo Fisher for... I mean, Jimbo Fisher won a national title when he was given prior to getting that contract. And still a conversation, is he staying, is he going? Yes, he's still... But my point is, the buyout at the time to get him to leave Florida State and go there was you have to guarantee him all 10 years of that money. Yeah. And now... That is like standard at every, it looks like at every big time Big Ten school, that's what it's going to be. The top half of the conference is probably going to have to pay upwards of 70 to $80 million a coach and guarantee that money even if they suck. All right, Ryan Day with his Michigan Week presser, he was asked if he feels the team is peaking at the right time. I mean, I hope so. I think, you know, now that we're 11 games into this thing, we know who we are and we know what we need to do. And when we're, we're all playing together, then, um, you know, we're pretty dangerous. But, you know, all it takes is a little bit off, a little bit, you know, here and there. And, and you know, it's different. So that's why we have to bring it every week. And that's what we talked about uh, going into last week is, you know, the, the best team doesn't win. The team who plays the best win. You have to play the best. And how do you do that? You prepare during the week at a high, high level. So the competition is on uh, this week to prepare as, you know, as high as we possibly can. And even then, it only gives you a chance. And we got Thanksgiving this week. So it's all those things that our guys are doing for the first time this week, but feel much different than I did, obviously, 11 weeks ago with this team. I was happy to hear him say that today, that the best team doesn't always win. I say this all the time, and sometimes you guys get on me for it, but I firmly do believe it. You know, we saw Ohio State lose to Oregon this season, right? Yeah. Uh, if Ohio State and Oregon play that game 10 times, what happens? I bet, oh, you, I bet you Buckeyes sure. win eight eight times, sure. seven, seven times. But you know what? doesn't matter. And I bet you if Ohio State and Michigan play each other on a neutral field, Buckeyes would do the same, probably win seven or eight times, these two teams as they're currently constructed. However, you don't have that opportunity. You have to go in their place and play mistake-free football, play, be the best version of yourself to try and beat this Michigan team. I, I agree with that. I mean, I guess... Where I come back with this Michigan game is it would be not impossible. It's college football. It would be very improbable to see this Ohio State football team not bring the same level of preparedness, dedication, uh, interest. Like the way they started that game last week, I don't know any team in the country that hangs with them. I'm not saying it's guaranteed they'll start the game like that this week. It's on the road. It's a big rivalry. There's all this buildup, et cetera. All that was laid out. But let's say they drop off just 95% of what they were last week. They're still going to, if that's how they play, if they come out at that level, even that's still going to be really good. I'm saying the probability last week was perfect. The probability that Ohio state does not come out and play at a high level to start this game is not impossible. It would just be really surprising that all said, Michigan's going to go out and play probably their best game, too. So you got to be ready for that. And it is going to, I still think, probably be a four-quarters game 
and you cannot let up at all. You've got to keep going. You cannot rest on what happened last weekend. All right, we got to hit a break. When we come back, we're going to do the rundown. I'll also play you a couple more Ryan Day cuts since we went off on a tangent on James Franklin, his new contract. That's next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. On the north side, you have a crash on southbound US-23 at I-270. It's blocking the left lane. You also have a crash blocking the left lane, 70 eastbound, as you approach US-33. This report is sponsored by Wendy's. Right now at Wendy's, see why everyone is raving about their brand new fries. Natural cut, skin on with a hint of sea salt, and guaranteed to be hot and crispy, or they'll replace them. You know, the way fries should be. Try Wendy's guaranteed hot and crispy fries today at participating U.S. Wendy's. I'm Chris Harden for 97.1 The Fan Traffic. Oh, hello! I was talking to my annoying friend, Duchess Kumquat. She was retelling a very dramatic story about how her and Lord Beaverqueef were stuck sleeping in a very hot room because their janky air conditioning unit took a crapola. They were so hot and sweaty, it took them out of the mood for getting hot and sweaty. Don't be like Kumquat and Beaverqueef. Call my friends at Care Heating and Cooling. Care Heating and Cooling. Call 1-800-COOLING or book an appointment online at careheatingandcooling.com when you need a company Beaverqueef can trust. Be glad you aren't as stupid as these two. Oh, yes. This, this is Common Man and T-Bone. Happy Tuesday. So tonight on The Fan, here's what we have. Buckeye Roundtable at 6 o'clock. Skip Mossick, Paul Keels, Jim Lachey talking about the game and, of course, the ass-kicking that Ohio State put on Michigan State last week. Then at 8 o'clock tonight, it is a Rivalry Week special mm-hmm. hosted by Timmy Hall. Love that. Bunch of guys. Rothman's going to be on the show. Bobby Carpenter's going to be on the show. Sort of... Reliving past memories. Just talking ball. Just talking Just some football. Talking ball. Yeah. Uh, before we get to the uh, the rundown, I want to put some more Ryan Day cuts in your ear hole. Okay. Here is Ryan Day talking about when he first realized this game was kind of a thing. My first year here, I uh, when when my son would come in every time we left the Woody, we would go through at the front door and watch the highlight video of of the game before and that was a double overtime game and i just remember thinking to myself you know i just want to be a part of this because it meant so much to so many people and i watched this game growing up watched so many games watched that game the year before and just saw what it meant and uh, instantly it, it became something i just wanted to be a part of and you know hope that i was able to enjoy uh, you know, a victory against the team up north. And it's something that, you know, I understand what it means to so many people and just tried to embrace it over the years. I think that's the right angle to take on that, too, from him is to say, I'm not going to try to pretend and tell you that I grew up in this rivalry or that someone that I knew was in. Like, he's just flat out saying, I know it means a lot to a lot of people. So it means a lot to me. And that's, yeah, that's that's a key factor if you're going to be a good leader of anything, football or otherwise, empathy. Understanding what's important to people around you. So, yeah, very good stuff there from Ryan Day. He was asked if this is going to be the best defense they've faced all season long. Yeah, this is a very good defense. I think they're well coached and they have really good players, you know, playing with an edge. So, you know, we got to practice with an edge and we got to bring it as well. And, you know, it's going to come down to, you know, certainly, you know, how hard each team plays, which, 
You know, uh, I think you're going to get everybody's best effort, but then it comes down to execution, you know, who makes plays in the end. So preparation this week is very, very important. I agree with them. I think this is far and away the best defense they're going to face. It's not to say they can't be beaten. Of course they can. But we had this conversation when the Buckeyes struggled offensively against Penn State where people say, I got some guys on that defense, man. It's like, yeah, all right, they do. Michigan has better guys. No, no, Penn State did have some guys on that defense, and I think it's warranted that Michigan also has some very good players there. This is the reality, though. I think, in a weird way, it's a good thing that this Michigan team is at the record that it is. There is not... Imagine if Ohio State had just destroyed Michigan State the way they did, and then Michigan was like a 500-football team. You know, it would be really difficult to have the focus that you're going to need. I know it's Michigan week. I know it's a rivalry week, all that stuff. We, we as fans remember all the times where the wheels fell off and things happened. At least if you're over 30, you might remember that. But, you know, a lot of players, they're looking at the last 20 years that they've been alive and saying, yeah, this team gets it done. We just destroyed Michigan State. We'll have no problems against this Michigan team. The fact that Michigan comes in here as a 10-win football team and has all these, you know, top five, top 10 type rankings associated with them, yeah, there, there's no lack of focus on this game, and everyone will be aware of what's at stake. Rundown, let's do it. Common Man and T-Bones, The Rundown. The Rundown. Sponsored by Krieger Ford. Visit them online at KriegerFord.com. Home of the Krieger commitment. Best cars, best people, peace of mind. Buckeye basketball giving me the first nervous poo of the season, but they got a big victory against Seton Hall last night. Michi, with the game winner, they will face Florida tomorrow night. At 8.30, that was a game where Buckeyes got off to a nice second-half lead, right? trying to hold on to that lead. Both teams were in the double bonus for what seemed like 15 minutes in yeah. that second half. Yeah, there was a lot of fouls. And you know what, though? Buckeyes did the little things in that game. When they had to, they played good defense. Seton Hall had a problem shooting threes. Maybe that's just they had a bad night, and Buckeyes played some good defense. And when push came to shove, they hit their free throws. Yeah. I mean, look, the reality with this Buckeye basketball team is if they get three-point shooting like they got last night, everything's going to look a lot better. And last night, they were 50% from three-point land. I mean, Justin Arns is a big reason why. He had a monster game you for him. Suck. Yeah. You suck. I'm just going to say, Justin Arns sucks. You're doing this because you're trying to will him into more games yeah, like I, that because everyone he doubted him. yesterday, and then he went out and was five of eight from three. So I'm going to say that he sucks every single game. And if he's awesome, you can give me all the credit. Yeah. Not him. <laughs> okay, that's fine. I don't know if that's uh, accurate as to how it actually works, but whatever. Uh, Kyle Young was also big in that game. He had some some big moments there, but Michi Johnson taking that shot. Yeah, it was a little early, uh, four seconds left. Chris Holtman elected not to take a timeout, giving his guys a chance to just figure it out, not let Seton Hall get set up on defense. That's all well and good, but... Having a young player who says, I have the confidence, get me the ball in my hands, I will make this shot, and then doing it, yeah, that that is the growth we're looking for, right? I mean, we're looking for players who can step up and say, yeah, I will take that on. And did he have his best game ever? No, but seeing him step up in a big moment and make a play like that, after doing similar things in the Xavier game, he stepped up and made some big shots and was a key component down the stretch when they tried to come back and win that game. I like what I'm seeing out of Michi so far this year. He's looking really good. We're just blowing right past EJ and the fact that he almost had 30. But, well, I mean, the, he was awesome. Let me tell you, man. EJ, the offensive game has come along, and we have not 
I could spend an hour talking on how much I think of EJ Liddell's offensive game, how much it's improved, and and we'll have plenty of time to do that this season. But defensively, too, he's so active. He is three more blocks last night. I mean, yes, there there are still some moments around the bucket. I want to see him be a little better at finishing. But 10 for 10 from the free throw line when you are getting fouled, that's also great. Like As he goes, so goes this Buckeye basketball team. But when you get 50% from outside, and he contributed to that too, then that's that's going to go a long way to helping you beat any team in college basketball. Buckeyes in Florida tomorrow night here on The Fan. Jacket scores seven goals to beat Buffalo last night. Roslevic with his first two goals of the season. It was nice to see Max Domi back out there doing things. They are back at Nationwide for the Jets tomorrow. Reports that Bears head coach Matt Nagy, my guy, your guy. Oh, my guy. Bald visor man. Bald visor, yep. Is fired after the game on Thursday. They are playing the Lions on Thanksgiving. Fired after the game, no matter what happens. The report was he has been told of this. Now, he had media availability today. He says that report is bunk. Says he has not had any conversations with anybody because of the short week this week. Hasn't had his regular meetings. So he has not been told anything. There is no doubt in my mind that Matt Nagy will be fired after the season is over. I do find it odd that they would fire him after this game on Thursday. It makes no sense. If you've reached this conclusion, then fire him now. You've already had a game this year with an interim head coach because Matt Nagy was away. He had COVID. So it's not like they couldn't put together a game plan in a couple days to go beat the crappy Lions on Thursday. But if you were going to fire him, you would fire him now. This isn't something the Bears typically do or ever do. They have never in their entire history fired a coach midway through the season. I think I think he'll still have a job next week and they'll wait till after the season is over to fire him. Yeah, I that's either way, however this goes down, then you, you know he's gone. And you know this has been a dumpster fire of a team so far this year, and it's largely because of him. I'm with you. I don't know why they're waiting to do this, but... Now that this report's out there, even if you were planning on waiting to the end of the season, the seed has been planted in in Bears ownership's head, everything else, but also in Matt Nagy's head. And maybe it's time for them to just say the seed was already planted, my friend. I know, but I'm saying now it's out there that this this has been discussed. Even if it is totally untrue, he's probably sitting there going, "All right, well, what are they waiting for? Either either they support me and they're going to give me another year." which is delusional, or he knows the writing's on the wall. And at that point, I'd almost feel like going in and saying, is there any chance I can save my job? Like anything I can do the rest of this season to keep it? And if they say, no, not really, then I'd say, well, then why don't we just end this? Right. That's what I was. That's what I said earlier. If they did actually come to him and say, hey, guess what? Friday, you're fired. No matter what happens on Thursday. I don't know a lot of coaches that would just say, okay, and walk out. They'd say, well, then fire me now. Well, but I'm saying... If he is getting the vibe that it's all over anyway, it's all over for Bozo at the end of this year, then I uh, there's a part of me that would just say, have the I would go to management and say, are you just waiting for me at the end of this season to fire me? And if so, do I have any chance to save that? And if so, what do I need to do? Tell me. And if they say, there's nothing you can do to save your job, we are going to let you coach out the season, then I'd say, well, then let's just part ways. I love how the coach needs to ask what he needs to do. As if well, winning games, well, winning, they, being better than three and seven hey is man, not the answer to this you, question. You know, though, 
the there there could be a situation. Yeah, I guess if they win out, it's anything could happen, right? But still, that's not likely not, to they're occur. Not out. And if you were a, a Buckeye fan hoping to see Justin Fields on Thursday, you will not. He is uh, ouchy, so it'll be Andy Dalton, the Ginger Ninja. Penn State and James Franklin have reached an agreement on a new 10-year contract worth $80 million. It keeps him there till 2031, of course, unless it doesn't. Because <laughs> we see this all the time where it's like, oh, he's here forever. It's like Dan Mullen just signed a contract extension last year, and he they fired his ass Yeah, now, to be clear, they didn't sign him to a 10-year extension, which is what you're getting here. This is more along the lines of the Jimbo Fishers and, and Mel Tucker-type deals, which are... In saying that this is where we are, but uh, Michael Perchik, who is a sports reporter down in Raleigh, North Carolina, let him live, he he came up with this stat, and it's very solid. James Franklin, since 2018, his record, 31-15 and 15 overall. Dan Mullen, who was fired from Florida, you might remember, his record since 2018, 34-15, better than James Franklin. Mm-hmm. In conference, in the Big Ten, James Franklin 21 and 14, Dan Mullen, same time, 21 and 13. So technically a better record there too. Uh, James Franklin, one top 15 finish since 2018, Dan Mullen, three of those. One bowl win for James Franklin since 2018, Dan Mullen, two of those. And yet, one of those guys just got a new 10 year contract. One of them just got fired. That's I'm, why I was reading the Penn State stuff. You know, their their fan sites and stuff saying, well, we understand why this is occurring, but it doesn't mean that it's the best thing that James Franklin is staying here. Yeah, well, that's my, my point is not to read those stats and say Dan Mullen should still have a job. It's to say one of those guys is not working. Right. The other one just got one of the most ludicrous contracts I've ever seen. And, and I don't know how to square that. Does that mean that James Franklin is just that much better of a coach? Does it mean Penn State is saying, we want to show everyone that we believe in this guy and we want to show we have a plan and we don't care if it means we're going to probably win nine games a year for the next 10 years. That's I feel like that's what you're signing up for with James Franklin and they're okay with that. They're saying if we get to nine wins on average every year with a Big Ten championship appearance here or there, uh, maybe we're in like the top five in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I wonder if the fans are okay with that though. I, I, I know the school says they're you, okay yeah. with that. And the other the other thing, if you believe the reports, not only is, you know, James Franklin secure in his current job where Dan Mullen is not, you know, he he's a candidate for all his other jobs. Well, well there's a there no is, one's talking about Dan Mullen taking the USC job. To that point, there's a buyout for this season. Not not twenty twenty two at the end of that year. Yeah, he can still leave. The buyout until the end of this year is twelve million dollars. So they basically Penn State also said if you want to come get our guy, that's fine. You will have to pay us twelve million dollars. And 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 by the way, if a school really wants him that bad so, enough, someone will. They'll pay it. But next year it goes down to eight. The year after that, I think it's down to six or something. But the point is, he's not locked in to stay there. He's locked in to not get fired there. Because if they fire him, they have to pay him the balance of ten year eighty five million dollars. Which let him live. All right, let him live his rest. Rundown. Rundown. I know what you've been waiting for. I mean, it's you know, it's the game this week. Just talked about this big contract for James Franklin. Buckeye basketball, big victory last night. But I know what you're saying. Common man, T-Bone, the USFL is starting in the spring, and we don't know the teams yet. <laughs> well, we know now. 
Oh, we do. We'll share them with you next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. Look out for a crash that closes the entrance ramp to northbound 270 at Hamilton Road. You'll have to seek an alternate route there. You also have a crash that blocks the left lane 70 eastbound as you approach US 33 and a crash on the north side southbound US 23 at I-270. It blocks the left lane. This report is sponsored by Dell Technologies. Now is the time to shop Dell Technologies' biggest sale of the year. Dell Technologies recommends Windows 11 Pro for business. So shop Black Friday, Cyber Monday deals on Windows 11 PCs, servers, storage, monitors, and more. Speak to a Dell Technologies advisor at 877-ASK-DELL. I'm Chris Harden for 97.1 The Fan Traffic. Oh, hello! I was talking to my annoying friend, Duchess Kumquat. She was retelling a very dramatic story about how her and Lord Beaverqueef were stuck sleeping in a very hot room because their janky air conditioning unit took a crapola. They were so hot and sweaty, it took them out of the mood for getting hot and sweaty. Don't be like Kumquat and Beaverqueef. Call my friends at Care Heating and Cooling. Care Heating and Cooling. Call 1-800-COOLING or book an appointment online at careheatingandcooling.com when you need a company Beaverqueef can trust. Objects in radio may be dumber than they appear. This is Man and Bone. Game show coming up at 534. What's the game this week, Bo? We're going to do some turkey trivia today, Mike. And before we go any further, I do need to point something out that I saw today that has me irked. All right. And I would just point it out and then we can move on. You know what grinds my gears? That's that's right. Uh, <clears throat> the Bolitnikoff Award finalists for the best wide receiver in college football. They have narrowed it down to three. Yeah. Here are the three. David Bell. Great season for Purdue. Let him live. Didn't go so well last week, but or a couple weeks ago, but hey, who's complaining? Uh, Jamison Williams from Alabama, former Buckeye, who of course has now transferred down there, is having a great year himself. His whole, by the way, before you continue, his whole thing about how Buckeye fans have disowned him is weird. Yeah, I don't I don't know what, I've, I've seen a lot of people say like, no, he didn't. And it's like, well, you didn't, and maybe no one you've talked to did, but this guy has mentions and Instagram and Twitter and He's feeling it from somewhere. I don't. I, I'm with you. I didn't see a. But I, I, but I guess my my question is: Would you transferred out? Well, what, what I think you, what he's what comparing it to is that like Joe Burrow was basically adopted by Ohio State Buckeye fans. Like this is our guy. Yeah, well, and it's like he wasn't adopted by me. I know that, but again. I think he's. I think there's something to do with that. I think he's bringing up the fact that, at the right, very least, the way Joe Burrow has been talked about right. was a little okay. different. Who's the third one? Third one is Jordan Addison from Pitt, who's having a me. monster year. That's the, that's the problem with these Buckeye wide receivers is that not one of them makes all it. Three of them are so talented they almost cancel each other out. It's not fair. Okay, but, but it's the way it is. You go look at the numbers. Ja- Jackson Smith and Jigba has less than. He's within 150 yards of all three of these guys. He has, he has with six touchdowns, one more touchdown than David Bell. So you could say, well, Jackson Smith and Jigba is one of the best receivers in the country, but he just got on the scene. Maybe they're not going to give it to him because this is more of like a, 
you've been great this year and you've had some other great years in the past and whatever. Well, what's the purpose of not having Chris Olave here? Chris Olave was in the top 10 when they whittled the list down. And yes, he has like, doesn't have a thousand yards yet because of the way this offense has been. But also, what does he have? 13, 15 touchdowns, something like that. He's got as many touchdowns as any of these guys do. I don't understand how you can't look and say, yes, he does lack a little bit in the numbers, but he's a finalist because he's Chris Olave and everyone knows he's perhaps the best receiver in college football. I don't understand when we have these ridiculous rules that we look at and say, well, that's the rules. We only have three finalists. Well, that's the rules you've made. This is not like you're, you're spray painting a different speed limit on a sign <laughs> and saying, I've changed the rule. Right. You could have six finalists for the Bolitnikoff Award if you wanted to. Sure. You know, you, you could have those three guys and then bring three Ohio State guys in. What the hell? We, we see this in, you know, Baseball Hall of Fame. Well, nobody's good enough for the Hall of Fame this year. Nobody got voted in. Yeah. We'll see you next uh, maybe, year. Maybe their logic is, though, they do limit baseball does to 10 players that you can vote for for the Hall of Fame ballot. Maybe they do that okay. because they know there's guys but like Jason Stark that would vote for 15 of the them. The Heisman Trophy doesn't have a limit on how many people they bring to New York. I know. That's so fair. So what is the issue here? I don't, I do you don't not have know to that. award multiple awards, but you can just say, yeah, you know what? We have six this year that we feel are qualified to be nominated. Yeah. So we're going to change it. And maybe next year it's two. Maybe, ne- maybe the year fair, after right. that it's eight. But right. you only pick one winner. I get that. Here's Here's the other thing that Last little point on this, then we can move on. Everybody is talking about with Bama. It's like, well, you know, you're going to have a lot of success. And, and and Bryce Young is supposed to be in this Heisman conversation, all this stuff. And it's like, well, he doesn't have a lot of help around him. So look at what numbers he's doing. You can't take C.J. Stroud and what he's doing with all these great receivers and compare that to what's happening at Alabama. And it's like, hold on. He actually has a Belenikoff Award finalist on his roster that he's throwing to. But according to this group, there's none of those guys belong for Ohio State. So which is it? Is C.J. Stroud not talented enough to win the Heisman because he's got all this ridiculous talent around him? Or are those receivers not good enough to even be one of them a finalist for the best receiver in the country? It's kind of like none of that makes sense. And this is the it's you know what it's like? When LeBron wouldn't get the MVP and they'd give it to like Steve Nash, who was also having a great year. But at that time, every year it was LeBron's the best player in the NBA. He should be the MVP. Oh, and it's, go, like, it's like the Big Ten coach with the coach of the year. Yes. It's like that's the obvious choice. Yeah. What else could we do, though, to show we really know what we're talking about? No, just just make the obvious choices. And they're they're not willing to do that. Buckeye coach with the coach of the year. Is what I meant. Oh, what'd you say? I don't know. USFL, stop. Stop wasting time. We got to get to this. It's very Mm, important. Okay. We have another spring football league starting up that nobody asked for. Nobody's going to watch, but we're going to have it. Fox owns the USFL. They've announced the teams. Actually, Colin Cowherd unveiled it on his radio show. So does. Who drinks, by the way? Anybody who drinks soda? (laughs) It's just like, seriously. By the way, if you're Colin Cowherd always likes to show you how big his balls are all the time. How much money he makes. Mm Mm-hmm. But yet when his bosses come to him and say, hey, man, you got to unveil these USFL teams, instead of saying, no, I'm not doing that, it's stupid, um, he's like, oh, okay, whatever you want, um, you know, I'm going to make this sound like a big deal. You know why he does that? Because they give him all that money. I understand. That's what the that's the cost. But he acts like he's the cock of the walk. Anyway, here, he are the, here are the teams. The Michigan Panthers, the New Jersey Generals, 
Philadelphia Stars, Pittsburgh Maulers, Birmingham Stallions, Houston Gamblers. What was I that? Hit, I hit the microphone. I New don't know Orleans, what, first day in radio. New Orleans Breakers and Tampa Bay Bandits. So that is... Uh, I feel like a lot of these names are from... Like these are some of these are the original. Yes, they are. Names. Yes, so, I understand. They're here. Here's my just thirty seconds on the USFL. They're also going to play in a centralized location, not in any of these actual cities. People don't understand how. Doesn't matter if you get Fox Sports One involved. Doesn't matter if you get ESPN involved. It matters a little bit, but if you don't get the history, if you don't build something over a period of time, people watch NFL games in the numbers they do, because many of these teams have been around for 50, 60, 70 years. People watch NBA games because many of those teams have been around 40, 50, 60, 70 years. It is hard to build that and to just say, oh, we're going to take the old team names and slap them back on these new teams. It's it's not going to be the same. And you're not you're the only way this works is if they're in the game for 10 plus years. And they're probably not. Fox Sports is looking for a way to Quickly monetize Don't forget, this. The XFL is coming back in 2023. Everybody's trying to get a piece of that cookie. And all the reality is it's not going to work because it's not real. It, you need it to last for five or six or seven years before it's going to gain any real traction. You know what the NFL is going to say? We're going to bake that cookie. You're right. You know, these they're probably saying, all right, Fox, have fun. You can have fun with this. When we decide to do spring football, that's what's going to matter. Because what the NFL will say is, hey, Fox, you're our broadcast partner. What are you doing? USFL? Nope. You're not. Dude. Because we have a spring football league and you're not doing that anymore. Could you imagine? I don't know if they'll do it this way. If they said, oh, yeah, we're playing spring football and our teams are going to be the Lexington, Kentucky Bengals, the Columbus, Ohio Browns, like that, the Erie PA Steelers, like that, you do that. And you and put junior level teams on there with some practice squad guys, that'll get traction. That'll do something. You're right. Essentially what they've done here, except for like Birmingham, is they've gone back into markets that already have NFL teams and they're all east of the Mississippi. And they're not going to play in those cities. Largely. No, they're not going to play in those cities. At Good least times. not this this year. All right. Game show's coming up next. Common Man and T Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. A crash still blocks the entrance ramp to to a northbound 270 from Hamilton Road. You'll have to seek an alternate route there. You also have a crash that blocks the left lane southbound US 23 at I-270 on the north side. You can expect delays there. This report is sponsored by eBay. Shop on eBay to get more for your dough on stand mixers or get more for your buck on tech and gaming gear. Get more and save more on premium brands with eBay's exclusive deals. I'm Chris Harden for 97.1 The Fan Traffic. Common Man here for Care Heating and Cooling. I'm a big fan of preventative maintenance. Something will eventually go wrong, and if you're not prepared, it is sure to cost you money. That's why I want you to sign up for a care plan. My guys at Care make sure your heater and AC are running in tip-top shape, taking care of maintenance and staying on top of any potential issues. Surprises suck. Be prepared with a care plan. Care Heating and Cooling. Call 1-800-COOLING or book an appointment online at careheatingandcooling.com. When you need a company you can trust. Highly medicated, barely educated. This is Common Man and T-Bone. So tomorrow, it's going to be me and Eric Reeser. 
for the pre-Thanksgiving edition. We will be doing Thanksgiving wishes tomorrow. Mm, very nice. Which actually has nothing to do with wishes. It's just what we're thankful for. That's all it is. Okay. We have the, the lovely piano music that plays. It's very mellow. Is it uh, something that all three of us need to be here for, or is it okay if I'm gone? Cause well, I already said that Reese's in. So I'm just so I mean, pointing out how you're useless. brought up today that we could have done it today, and you said, no, we'll just do it tomorrow. Could have gave me a little more time to prepare for it, I guess. Wait, I'm, I'm get, you can go home tonight. Ted, you need more time First to be grateful. I do, yeah. Your Thanksgiving wishes should be pretty easy. What are grateful they? for common man. And the T-bone. End. Wow. What about T-Bone? Wow. The end. Wow. <laughs> T-Bone's useless. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's right. How are you feeling over there? Good? Yeah, I feel just fine. You bother me. Why? Why is because he Because I, I get the COVID booster. I feel like crap for 24 hours. He gets it over there, and he's doing cartwheels. Feels nothing. Ted's a superhuman. What do you want? I'm a little achy, but it's my, yeah, my arm's a little sore, but yeah, that's, I'm fine. I'm tough. Superhuman, not afraid of needles in any way, shape, or form. Never had an I issue with that. Don't like needles, but hey, you gotta, you know, gotta, gotta do what you gotta do. I was a heroin addict do. down in Panama. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this is this is a boosted show now. We're all turbocharged we're over all, here. We're all boosted on yeah, this show. Yeah, look at that. All right, game show time. All right, we're gonna do turkey trivia today, Mike, because Thanksgiving is on everybody's mind, and we're all probably gonna eat turkey. So we're gonna talk about the animal a little bit. We're gonna talk about. Carving up the bird as well. All right, let's go. Here we go. I've named my turkey Fred that we're going to eat. Oh, you named the turkey? Yeah. Well, Samantha wanted to name him. so She knows what's happening to him, right? Oh, she's very excited about eating Fred. She's she's said this several times. She takes after you. Someone who is fine with eating people who they know, eating things they know the name of. That's what I'll say. Yes. I can tell her I'm cooking up a person on Thanksgiving. (laughs) She would be excited to eat it. All right. Uh, first question about turkeys. Do female turkeys gobble? Yes or no? I would think yes, but the fact that you're asking me the question, I'm leaning towards no. I'm going to say just males are gobbling. That is a good instinct. Only the males do gobble. The females make a... I mean, they do They do cluck, and they also occasionally yelp, but their big thing is that they that differentiates them is they make a purring noise. But the males do not. Yes. And they do not gobble, which, of course, males do. Does the gobble means I'm horny? Uh, No, it's just a thing that the male turkeys do that the females don't. I don't know that there's... I don't know. That I did not get into in my research. I'm sorry. How many... I think mine was better. Now you know that's a male turkey. Um, How many feathers are on an adult turkey on average? 1,000, 5,000, or 10,000? I don't know. 1,000. No. It's uh, 5,000. The 5,000 to 6,000 is what, what they anticipate. Is that the buzzer now? Yeah, that's the buzzer because I, I figure we'll <laughs> play that more often. That's okay. good. I like it. Uh, they say that at one point turkeys were more prized for their feathers than they were for their meat in this country. Like they were bred to like take all their feathers because their feathers are beautiful. They were used for different things. Well, the, the super wild turkeys, as opposed to just the regular wild turkeys. Yeah, yeah I know. The super know. wild turkeys back in the day were pretty damn tough. They were. You know, very tough to eat. They weren't good eating, but now they've bred all that out and they've, they're tender. Yeah. They're um, supple. Were turkeys around eat on the, the earth at the same time as woolly mammoths? Yes or no? Turkeys, I'm going to say pretty old. Yes. 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 Right. Woolly. So woolly mammoths went extinct four thousand years ago. 
But is that all? I thought it was like 30,000 years ago. Well, uh, 10,000 years ago, they started to take a little bit of a dip. But then 4,000 is where they apparently were gone. Oh. But according to scientists at the University of Illinois, turkeys have been around for 10 million years. Let them live, man. I had no idea. So, yes, they, they coexisted with lots of things, not just woolly mammoths. But now you know. Uh, next have they up. always looked the same? I'm sure, no. They Do they have, like, saber-toothed turkeys back I, in the... I hope so. Actually, it was just saber-claw turkeys. They just had one giant claw that they kind of drug around with them and would occasionally kill a bear with. Uh, next up. Turkeys used to wear a specific thing when they were taken to the market by farmers. What was that thing? Was it shoes, a bag over their head, or leather belts to keep them from flapping their wings. Hmm. What was the thing that they Shoes used to wear? Shoes doesn't make any sense. I'm going to say it's either belt or bag over their head. Bag. I feel like I've seen something with the bag over the turkey's head. <laughs> it is shoes. Oh, all right. <laughs> You may have. Maybe it's just me when I bring a, home an ugly turkey a, when I go to the bar. Your turkey is a Bears and oh, man, Browns fan and Lions fan. Yeah. What a bag over this turkey's head. Uh, Ted liked that joke. He likes nothing else I said today. <laughs> he's laughing over there. 200 years ago, when turkeys were being taken to market in England, they would put little bird-sized booties on the turkey's feet. It was meant to protect their feet as they were marching along. I have no idea why that mattered, because I think they weren't taking them to market to sell them to go, like, be on a singing competition. They were taking them to market to kill them and eat them. So, whatever. Um, How far can a wild turkey fly? A few yards at most. The length of a football field or over a mile. Wild turkeys. How far can I'm they gonna fly? I'm going to say just a few yards. They're very top heavy. Sorry. No? They can reach speeds of up to 55 miles per hour they while can? in the air. Wow. They can fly over a mile, according to the Pennsylvania That's Game Commission. That's got to be terrifying. They say they can soar for a mile or more by alternating between strong wing beats and gliding. Now, store-bought turkeys cannot fly. They can't because they're they're too top-heavy. Yes, they're bred so that their breasts are very large oh, very and that supple. prevents flight. That's right. How much bigger is a domesticated turkey than a wild turkey? 30%, 30%, 40%, or 100%? I don't know. 100%. Yes. Huh? They are double the size. The average wild turkey only weighs about 15 pounds. Most farm-raised turkeys are closer to 30 pounds. And Not the turkey I'm getting. Fred's only 12 pounds. No, 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 no. Bef- After he's been disemboweled and everything else. Oh, no, yeah. no. I, I took him as he is. <laughs> he's oh, walking around. <laughs> no, he's dead. Oh, you just killed. But, uh, you have a dead feathered turkey yeah, with all of his guts inside. All the inside? guts in okay. there and the cone cock or whatever the hell they call the that gu- thing. <laughs> what do they call the, that thing? I don't know. What are we talking about? The, 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 oh, the, the little. The Beano Cook. Oh, that thing. Yeah, the, the, the pink. Neck, yeah. The neck uh, thing. Mm. There's a name for it. I think it's conecock or I don't something. I think that's right. I have one more if you want it. Go ahead. I don't care. It's a difference. 46 million turkeys going to be consumed on Thanksgiving. 22 million are consumed on Christmas Day. What is the next largest day of turkey eating in the U.S.? Hmm. You just have to guess. Hmm. No multiple choice. I mean, I, I don't think of Easter for turkey time, but let's say Easter. That's correct. All right. 19 million, they say, are consumed at Easter. Only 22 million at Christmas. So it's like almost identical to Christmas on that. Surprising. 
I, did I don't. I don't that. do turkey at Christmas. No, we don't typically. I do either. beef. Oh, beef for Christmas. It's what's for dinner? We do ham. Ham for that. Go Christmas. You ham. do ham Easter too. Yeah, usually double ham. Huh? Double ham. Double fist in that ham. Only turkey. Get that on cone cock out there. Hey, dude! I don't know when Dennis Miller showed up. Hey, get a double fist that ham. Get that cone cock. You know what we do for July Fourth. We do July Fourth. We do a turducken. That's <laughs> that's the. It's an ultimate summertime yeah, beach. That's food. really what you want is a steaming hey, pile of meat. Ninety five degrees outside. Let's go watch the fireworks with some turducken in <laughs> our belly. Let's eat something with nineteen. Oh, and then we put that octopus thing in it too. So it's a turductopus and whatever. <laughs> I don't gross. I got nervous. Hey, they stuff a, they stuff an octopus into the into the hole on the turkey. Right, that's enough. And of the you. stuff comes. Yeah, that's a thing. Go look it up. It's terrifying. People eat it. I don't know why. Back page coming up. Common man and T Bone on the fan. Fan traffic from the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. On the east side, look out for a crash that blocks the ramp from southbound Hamilton Road to northbound 270. You'll have to seek an alternate route there. You also have a crash that blocks the right lane southbound 270 as you approach Broad Street on the west side. And you have a crash on the right shoulder northbound 71 past Polaris Parkway. This report is sponsored by Staples Store. Staples Connect is celebrating Black Friday all week long with big savings on the hottest holiday tech. Right now, Apple AirPods Pro are just $179. Explore more deals at staplesconnect.com slash Black Friday and 1127 and 2 While supplies last, Staples Connect, the working and learning store. I'm Chris Arden on 97.1 The Fan Traffic. Common Man here for Care Heating and Cooling. I'm a big fan of preventative maintenance. Something will eventually go wrong, and if you're not prepared, it is sure to cost you money. That's why I want you to sign up for a care plan. My guys at Care, make sure your heater and AC are running in tip-top shape, taking care of maintenance and staying on top of any potential issues. Surprises suck. Be prepared with a care plan. Care Heating and Cooling. Call 1-800-COOLING or book an appointment online at careheatingandcooling.com when you need a company you can trust. Buckeye Roundtable coming up at the top of the hour. Two big hours. They'll talk briefly about Michigan State. Most of it will be about the game. Skip Mostick, Paul Keels, Jim Lachey. And then at 8 o'clock tonight, it is the Rivalry Week special. Mm. Hosted by Timmy Hall. Make sure to check that out. And if uh, if you haven't done so already, I tell you to always go to you know wherever you get your audio and subscribe to our podcast. But you should also subscribe to the Buckeye Show podcast. Tim Hall would appreciate it. And if you go listen to, even though there is no Buckeye Show that airs tonight, there is a Buckeye Show podcast. And Bone and I are both on it, talking to Timmy. Yeah, we talked a little bit of, at least in my segment, we talked about our, Timmy and I share love for basketball and how we enjoy this time of we year. We talked and, about none of that. Yes, and then you guys talked more like rivalry stuff and then yeah. random stuff. Yeah. So there you go. Actually, I don't remember what we talked about. We <laughs> taped it today, and you, I don't remember what I said. blacked out during it. Yes. That's good. Back page. The Back Page. The Back Page. With Common Man and T-Bone. Sponsored by Care Heating and Cooling. When you need a company you can trust, call 1-800-COOLING. Bone. Well, man, I would be remiss if I did not mention... It has been 13 years to the day that the Columbus crew hoisted their first MLS Cup on this day, 2008. All right. They Let beat them live. New York Red Bulls 3-1 to one in uh, what was then the Home Depot Center. I forget what it's called now, where the LA Galaxy play. 
Yeah, so there you go. It's been 13 years since the crew won their first MLS Cup. They've, of course, since added one last year. So there you go. Good time for crew fans. Not a good time if you're in Banff National Park in Canada, one of the larger national parks in Canada. There are bears, of course, roaming this national park, as there are many of the national parks in both the U.S. and Canada. But this bear is known as the boss because he only responds to Bruce Springsteen's music. (laughs) He's known as the boss because he's 600 pounds, male grizzly bear, who is officially designated as Bear 122. He's the largest bear in this national park. I was going to say, you say that like it's 600 pounds. I didn't know what a bear weighed. That's, so for a grizzly bear, that's that's the biggest bear in this park. Here's the other thing, though. He's a tough SOB. He has uh, one time been hit. They, they have confirmed he was hit by a train and survived. He's over 20 years old, they believe. And he has a bit of a horrifying past. Because he is one of the few bears known to kill and cannibalize other bears. Mm. He apparently was found in 2013 to have killed a 45-pound black bear, which is... That's a tiny little bear. That's not even... That's that's like... 45 size, pounds? Like a, that's probably like a baby bear. That's, oh, that's, that's bad. Like a fetus so, bear. Anyway, so this this bear is known as being mean and nasty. Well, it's and almost like animals are animals, yeah, right? exactly right. What so do you anyway, want to do? Cuddle with them? Right. If he was a 300-pound bear, he'd be much more friendly. No, also terrifying. But anyway, so if you're uh, traveling to Banff National Park, beware of this bear because he is back on the prowl. He's also, they said, of all the bears in the park, he's usually the first one to wake up from hibernation. Well, he's ready to get going. Get back out. Because I also didn't realize until recently hibernating bears don't just sleep the whole time. They're like awake, yeah. and they sleep again, and they're awake again. Maybe he's like football coach bear, where it's like, like hibernation's for quitters. Like, maybe. Let's go. Maybe that's it. I don't know. Um, Bobby Flay reaches three-year Food Network extension after parties had nearly split. The Food Network, after 27 years, had decided that it looked like they were going to part ways with Bobby Flay, but that is not the case. This pact was confirmed by Courtney White, the president of the Food Network, so let her live. She Bobby Flay's daughter is hot, by the way. Oh, is she? You want to check her out. I've, how old is Bobby Flay? Is it his 50s at least? Uh, he right? had a, a daughter young-ish. Okay. So this woman, I think, is near 30. Oh, I forgot. We got to go. Yeah. Right, I'm sorry. Hot Bobby Flay. <laughs> See you tomorrow. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. On the east side, look out for a crash that closes the ramp from southbound Hamilton Road to northbound 270. You'll have to seek an alternate route there. This report is sponsored by eBay. Shop on eBay to get more for your dough on stand mixers or get more for your buck on tech and gaming gear. Get more and save more on premium brands with eBay's exclusive deals. I'm Chris Harden, 497.1, The Fan Traffic. From the common man here for care, heating, and cooling. I'm a big fan of preventative maintenance. Something will eventually go wrong, and if you're not prepared, it is sure to cost you money. That's why I want you to sign up for a care plan. My guys at care, make sure your heater and AC are running in tip-top shape, taking care of maintenance, and staying on top of any potential issues. Surprises suck. Be prepared with a care plan. Care Heating and Cooling. Call 1-800-COOLING or book an appointment online at careheatingandcooling.com. When you need a company you can trust.
Lindsay Honda Studios. Honda makes the cars. Lindsay makes the difference. Visit lindsayhonda.com. WBNSFM, HD1 Columbus. The Fan. The Fan. Sports Center. And I'm Timmy Hall. Stay right there for some of the best content you will find here in Rivalry Week. All of the Ohio State-Michigan chatter you can get for the next three hours, starting with Buckeye Roundtable. Some NFL news today. The Giants have had enough of offensive coordinator Jason Garrett. He got fired today. They will turn it over to Freddie Kitchens. Future scheduling note, the Week 15 Browns-Raiders game at First Energy Stadium will kick off Saturday, December 18th at 4.30. The Bengals are getting ready for a big divisional home game against the Steelers on Sunday. Mike Tomlin had this to say on Jamar Chase's big game in Pittsburgh. Quote, seems like there's a young wideout that takes the the league by storm in September every year. Uh-huh. Another good day in college basketball culminates with a one versus two tonight. Gonzaga versus UCLA in the Empire Classic at 10. This one brought to you by Pella Window, the most preferred window brand in Central Ohio. Visit the Pella Showroom on Gemini Parkway or check them out at PellaColumbus.com. Hi. Hey, Common Man here. I know what you're thinking. This guy again. But we have some special bonus stuff for you. Sponsored, of course, by our friends, Care Heating and Cooling. Call 1-800-COOLING when you need a company you can trust. One is angry, the other one is bald. What do you think I mean, bald? Bald! Bald, bald! Here's man and bone. I want to point something out. All right. I, too, would be bald if I I didn't take these pills every single day. I've been taking the Propecia pills or whatever the generic is called now yeah. for almost 20 years. It's called Amateur Pecia. <laughs> hey. I didn't think about it for a second. Good job. <laughs> and I'm so terrified that if I stop taking these pills, like my hair will just fall out in one day. All of it. Yeah. Well, it's funny because we were watching last night. I had the NBA games on and uh, ESPN. I'm trying to remember who was alongside uh, Richard Jefferson. I wanted, Richard I Jefferson. Yes. Uh, maybe, I don't remember. It's one of the bald guys that does ESPN broadcast, whatever. And so Richard Jefferson is obviously shaved head. This guy also shaved head, you know, probably trying to forestall the inevitable. And Melissa's like, wow, man, everybody's just, you know, out here not embracing their baldness. And I'm like, "You're I, I too shave. Like, I don't let it grow long. I don't have like the, you know, coconut with a Hulu skirt on it. Should. Like, no, I'm not going to do you that. You need a different look. And you can't shave it all the way. No, you I... You can't be totally bald. You look like a clan member. Thanks. You, thanks. you would. I, you would look like a total I clan mean, member if you were totally bald. I would think you look like a clan member if you show up with a hood on. Like, that makes you... Yeah, but don't you just... Stop What am I now. supposed to do? I'm bald. Like, I just... You have that look to you. A fat white guy who's bald. No, is there are it? other white people who can pull it off. I'm just saying that that's not something you could pull off. I don't think. No, I have like shaved it all the way down. It's too much maintenance. That's I don't know if people realize that's a lot of shaving. That is you got to do it every day. Yeah, oh yeah, to get the to get the cue ball look. Yeah, like I have the stubble going, and sometimes it gets a little longer. Then I have to shave it back down. But the the cue ball polished dome thing. That's a whole nother level. Like of Stanley Tucci. Stanley Tucci is a white guy, but he can pull off the shaved head look without you looking at Stanley Tucci like, oh, he's going to burn a cross on somebody's lawn. But you're you, saying, I, I think you're people saying get the wrong impression. You would accuse me of it even though you know me and know I would never do something right. like that. I know, I know I've known you the, for years. That's bad. But I would just yell well, racist at you and run away. Well, I'm glad I don't shave my head all the way down then. Is it okay where it is now? Because well, I just fine want, now. Okay, good. I yeah, just want to make sure. Like every other fat 
soccer yes. loving guy. Good. Right I, don't, I don't want to give off any vibes that are not accurate. So good. All right. A special thank you for consuming all the stupidity we can safely shove down your gullet. Come back for more podcasts. And again, the podcast is sponsored by our friends because they pay us. Care, heating, and cooling. Call 1-800-COOLING when you need a company you can trust. Stop listening now. The podcast is over. Turn it off. Go do something.